Hello and welcome to the Shea Hates Everything podcast, where we talk about video games, movies, comics, and other shit that matters. My name is Shay, and today I hate that my wife went and bought a giant bag of candy for our Halloween trick-or-treaters, and we didn't even get any, and then she decided to give it to her co-workers the next day instead of leaving it at home so that I could eat it. <laughs> my name is Kyle, and today I hate my constant indigestion. I am passionate about that, clearly. <laughs> I can tell. It's bullshit. She bought a giant mixed bag of chocolate candy. So it had like regular Hershey's bars, Whoppers, Reese's, Kit Kat. There was something else that I'm not remembering. And so it was a giant, like, you know, those big plastic orange bowls that you always get to put the candy. It was full. Yeah. We didn't get a single fucking trick-or-treater. And then I wake up the next day, and because she leaves for work before I do, I wake up the next day, go out in the in the living room, and there are like six pieces of candy in the, in the bucket. <laughs> and so I texted her. I was like, dude, where's all the candy? She's like, oh, we didn't need all of it, so I brought it to work. Like, what the hell? So I hate being on this stupid diet. <laughs> so for us, we got that big bag because it was like half off at Kroger. So I had this huge mixed bag thing and filled the bowl with it. And we had probably like 80 trick-or-treaters come. Wow. But still we had a ton of candy left. So we've been working our way through that over the past few days. And it's been good. Ugh. Not to rub your face in it. but I know. Rub your face right in it. And it's all like I've been I've been rationing it now because there are so few things in there. I'll have like a piece every couple of days because Kelly's like she's not really going to eat it. She's very she's good at like not uh, breaking that diet thing we're trying to do. Right. Which is surprising because Kit Kats are like her kryptonite. She loves Kit Kats. But I've been like eating one every couple of days. And it's not because they're the little tiny fun size things. Oh, the so it's like it's like an amuse bouche. Of chocolate candy like it's not enough it's like and i know amuse bouche because i've been watching top chef it means nice. in one bite yes it's like a it's an appetizer that's in one bite and that's what these are a little tiny kit kat it's like a quarter of the size of a single line of kit kat and the it, king size is amuse bouche is that french I would assume so. All the fucking food shit is French. Yeah, because I think I think it's French because I think that's how I know it because my co-director she's a French teacher and I mm. I actually knew what you meant when you said that so that's yeah. probably why it's probably French. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, my amuse bouche in one bite is just the whole bowl in one bite. Exactly. Whole bowl yeah, you just open your mouth and you just kind of tip it in wrappers and yeah. all. I uh, <laughs> you unwrap them in your mouth. Yeah, when things say fun size, it's I need something that's Kyle size, and it's just massive. It's yeah, bigger than I, I've size. always hated that marketing tactic. Like, yeah. oh, a fun size, it's cute. Like it's that, not fun. that shit's not fun. No, no that's, one has fun with that. Disappointing size is what it is. <laughs> but uh, obviously, you're all listening to this um, week after Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving Halloween shows how much attention I'm paying. Uh, so, like, did you guys do anything for Halloween other than have trick or treaters? Um, no, and I didn't want to do any, I wanted to put the bowl outside and not Yikes. answer the door, but Kara wanted to do that. So I let her do that. And I mm-hmm. sat in the computer room and played fallout and watched YouTube videos <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> did she dress up or anything? Uh, no, cause we did a, a Halloween cast party, uh, for uh-huh. our theater kids. So we did like a run of the show in our Halloween costumes and had like treat bags and stuff for them. That's um, fun. Yeah, and so I, I got a nice picture of all the kids in their costumes. They were, they were pretty fun. Um, 
and then Kara and I had an actual Halloween party, like an adult party, Harry Potter themed. So yes, um, you guys did do something. I asked you if you did something, and you're like, no, we just sat around. Oh, I thought and you meant like, like on no, you guys had a fucking party. I thought you meant no, on like Halloween. for okay. for the holiday <laughs> of Halloween. Yeah, we had a Harry Potter themed party, and like so when people came, we sorted them into the houses, and then nice. they had their teams. We did all these Harry Potter things, like we found a Harry Potter um, drinking board game and got okay. those printed off. And we did this whole, like, house points and individual points thing. And the house that got the most points, that won the house cup, they all got gold wands to take home. And then the person with the most individual points got a copy of the Harry Potter drinking board game. Hmm. Um, and whoever got the least individual points was the house elf for the rest of the night. <laughs> and they couldn't get their sock until... Because um, house elf just means you have to do whatever anyone tells you to do. Uh-huh. It's like asshole. Um, <laughs> and... So they were house elf for the rest of the night until they rode the Hogwarts Express, which is just riding the bus. Um, so they had to ride the bus. Do you know what that is? No. Okay. Well, there's a bunch of different ways you can do it. The way I'm I do it. I'm almost 30. I don't know any of this cool College, man. You stuff. went to college. You probably drank there, too. So yeah. uh, riding the bus, it's a card game, and there are a bunch of different ways you can do it. But the way I do it, which is just really easy, um, you flip a card... In a single card in row one, two cards in row two, three in row three, four in row four. So it's a it's a, a pyramid. And the first row, you flip over a card, and the way I do it is I say higher or lower, and they guess higher or lower, and I flip over mm-hmm. the next card. If they're right, they progress to the next round. What mm-hmm. If you fail at any of the levels, you have to take that many drinks. So if you fail on wow. row three, you take three drinks and start from the beginning. And you mm-hmm. have to make it all the way through. Um, so that's riding the bus. That's how what I What does it have it. to do with a bus? I don't know. Who knows? And so we just made it riding the Hogwarts Express. So, and he got it on his first try. Wow. Like he like went all the way through on his first try. So I was like, you deserve your sock. So I literally just had one of my dress (laughs) socks on. That you were wearing. No, no, I'd washed it on a twine (laughs) necklace and like put it over his head. That's Um, I wanted to get a burlap sack for whoever was the house elf, but we just, we had spent a bunch of money on the party already and I didn't want to spend any more. Um, and you guys had it at your place? Yeah. Yeah. Was this the first time you had like a bunch of people over or? Um, no, we've had a couple parties so far, mm-hmm. but I think this, we had the most people here this time. Um, so it was a little crowded. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. We, uh, Kara did a lot of work. Like we did Quidditch Pong. So there's mm-hmm. like the three goal posts the in the middle. Mm-hmm. So if you make it like through the hoop, you get to take an extra cup, stuff like that. Um, nice. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and we did, um, what were the other games? We had potions class, which was, like, mix the best drink. And, okay. like, whoever that Kara and I decide is the best drink wins and stuff like that. We did, um, have you seen this Witcher Wizard? And we have still images of, like, funny faces from Harry Potter movies. And they have to reenact the scene. And mm. then whoever did the best reenactment gets it. Um, uh, we had trivia. There was we ran out of time because it took way longer than we thought it was going to. Um, we were gonna do Transfiguration, which was just charades, but Harry mm-hmm. Potter themed. Um, oh, and we did a drawing class, which is I solemnly swear that I can't draw too good. Um, <laughs> and it was just like a hippogriff playing a banjo or sure. two dementors fucking <laughs> 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 stuff like that. So yeah, we had a lot of fun with that it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. If you and Kelly lived locally, you both probably would have enjoyed 
coming over. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you both probably would have um, been invited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that too, I suppose. But yeah, maybe, we, maybe we'd be invited. Yeah, Kara put a lot of work into it, and it, I think people, I think people had fun. So that sounds fun. Yeah, I as like, long as you're a Harry Potter fan. Sure. Well, but even yeah, I mean. Obviously, in order to participate in a lot, you kind of need to know about Harry Potter. Yeah. But I feel like even if you aren't a fan of it, something themed like that, where everyone, presumably everyone else is kind of into it, makes it a lot easier to enjoy. You can just kind of like go for the ride with it. Yeah. And like it was drawing pictures and like yeah. reacting stuff. And so like the only part that if you don't know Harry Potter, you couldn't really do anything for it was the trivia. And that was the heart. Right. That was really the only one. But uh, yeah. But yeah. That's fun. Yeah. D- did you and Kelly do anything? Um, apart from- I mean, we watched Stranger Things. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, so we, we. we didn't. We didn't do freaking anything, man. I'm like, I'm a little. I feel a little bad. My issue is, it's not that I don't like Halloween. I just don't care that much about it, which is weird because, like, being an actor, you'd think I would like the dress up and all that kind of stuff. It's just never. I've never cared that much about Halloween. It's never been one of my favorite holidays. And it definitely is Kelly's. For her, it's more like she loves answering the door for trick-or-treaters because she desperately wants a kid. And that's kind of like – she just loves kids. Um, But because we – like we live in an apartment complex, I believe in the like five years that we've lived together, we've had one trick-or-treater. And I, I was asking her about it the other night, and she was like, I will never forget that boy. <laughs> because it was like her favorite moment, being able to have a little trick-or-treater. So yeah. I told her one day when we do have a house, if we don't already have kids of our own, we'll at least get kids then. But yeah, we didn't really do anything. We were actually watching Stranger Things while trick-or-treating would have been happening, but right. we didn't get any knocks on the door. So, I mean, I didn't care because I wanted to watch Stranger Things, and yeah. I wanted to eat candy, but I didn't get to eat any candy. Man, it's like even yeah. while even while the bowl was sitting there full of candy, Kelly didn't let you have any. I may have had like a thing of whoppers. I oh, I man. may have grabbed one thing, but she gives me that guilty eye. I can't do it. <laughs> I need to sneak it while she's gone. Yeah, it's the only way I can enjoy it. Because then it's like guilt chocolate, and that's takes away the flavor. You know, <laughs> it just tastes like shame and regret and judgment. It turns to ash in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, so I mean, so I was already talking about it. Do you want to talk about Stranger Things a little bit? Yeah. So did you and Kelly finish the season? We have. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So have we. You guys? Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to go into spoilers. Maybe like if we want to talk about it next episode because it will have been out for a little bit longer. Yeah. But um, first, before we talk about season two a little bit, where how do you feel or how did you feel about season one? I know we've talked about this, but just as like a recap, um, where where are you on the Stranger Things hype train? Um. I'd probably give it like an eight point five nine out of ten. The first season, mm-hmm. I really, I really liked it. I mean, there were elements of it that I wasn't a huge fan of, but I liked the mystery of the upside down and what was going yeah. on there, and how how they were disseminating that information through the different scenes and characters and them talking about it and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I thought season two felt a little. There were parts of it that felt kind of listless, like. Uh, and maybe like th- th- there were parts where maybe they were trying to pad it out a bit or like okay. I'm specifically thinking of things with Eleven um, and also right Winona Ryder doesn't get any better 
because she's incapable of getting better. She's yeah, just she's the just, worst part about the show. Oh, it's so because people loved her in the first season and it's a great character and she's certainly fun to watch because she's batshit and like completely off the wall but I'm I I agree with you it's just like she's she's a bad like in this show she is bad yeah and she's really over the top and crazy which plays okay but it's just nobody else is yeah, and like a lot of the emotional moments don't carry through. And Kelly made a really good observation that I hadn't realized, which I think is part of the problem. She doesn't act when she isn't speaking. So like any times you're seeing her in kind of multi shots, she's just standing there. Yeah. Like there's nothing going on behind her eyes, no expression on her face. And then once it's her turn to say a line, she gets engaging and is all flaily and crazy. Right. For me, like it didn't afterwards when we were kind of dissecting the season it it definitely came up for the two of us but while i was watching it i certainly didn't like hate her performance because she is so crazy it's at least like fun and i'm into it but it is it's she just i don't know she's definitely from the acting perspective easily the weak link in that cast which is pretty crazy when you consider that most of the actors are kids Right. Yeah, I know. Um, And I just, there's something about child actors. A lot of them, it's maybe it's that they don't have full control over their bodies yet, Mm -hmm. but they're like, they're twitchy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when they say stuff, they do like a little weird shoulder and head things. Like they don't have full control of their bodies yet. Um, My dog has his chew toy and he's squeaking. (laughs) Um, But uh, he just. I don't like there were a couple of the kids that it just it bothers me because it's the way Daniel Radcliffe was in Harry Potter, right? Like it is very yeah. much. I'm so. thinking. I mean, people listening, it's this is great for uh, audio format, but like his like little blink, yeah, where he like blinks one eye at a time, and it's so creepy looking. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's one of my favorite moments. I think it's in the first movie or maybe the second one. I think it's in the first. When he's like, it's it's winter time, and he's like sitting looking out the window at the snowy grounds of Hogwarts, and like you know the the Hedwig theme is kind of swelling as Hedwig's getting ready to fly off, yeah. and it's like panning out from him, but you get this close up of his face, and he just does this like one eye at a time blink and it's so hilarious i lose it every time i see that scene like kelly and i'll be watching harry potter and i'm like here it comes here it comes look at watch his eye so good but i will say like i feel like um the kid all the kids were really strong in the first season uh and i think they all definitely like made the next step from an acting perspective into season two as i would say like my big criticism for like our main what is it mike lucas dustin and 11 my main criticism would be like the over-reliance on dustin for like the comedy because he's a very funny actor like he does a great job and did a great job in the first season but they do a lot of the same bits where he kind of undercuts the situation a lot there's one scene in particular which like i don't want to spoil but they're everybody is kind of like brainstorming together and they're all like trying to figure out how they can do this thing and he keeps coming in and undercutting it and then you get the hop then like hopper under cuts his undercut and they do it like three or four times yeah and it's the same it's the bit same thing, and i was just yeah. like dude come on like and and not only did it not super work from a comedic perspective but it totally kills the drama of the situation right because i liked the bits of levity in the first season especially because it's such a fascinating unique show it seems weird to 
say it's unique because the show is literally so derivative of 80s stuff. <laughs> but nowadays, it's such a unique show right. that I like all the pieces. I like the sci-fi. I like the horror. I like the comedy. All that stuff, I think, really gelled well together. Those same pieces in season two, I don't think worked as well. Like, a lot of the comedy didn't work as well for me. Mm-mm. There's a romantic side between two characters that I really wasn't interested in having developed. Um so yeah, I mean, like we're being a little bit general about comments, obviously for sake of spoilers, and I know I'm being a little um, negative on it on a, on the whole. Like I still enjoyed yeah. this season, like I still yeah. liked it, and I liked the first season more than you. Like for me, the first season is like one of the most awesome seasons of television that I've ever seen. It felt so complete. Other than like the cliffhanger at the like, end, it, obviously, it's seriously it's Winona Ryder for me. Like she, that's fair. She and that's fine. Like she's every yes, scene she's she, in for me. She really is kind. I mean, it, it's a it's an ensemble cast, but especially in the first season, she kind of feels like the main character. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely get that. Um, but like, for me, on the positive side. I, you'll know the episode I'm talking about, and people that have li- that have watched, I'm sure, will know. But there's an episode that really focuses on Eleven in particular, and a lot of people have been criticizing that episode because it feels a little superfluous, because uh, it doesn't add a ton to like the actual narrative of the season. Mm-hmm. I loved that episode. I feel like it t- it taught us so much more about her character, and she went through this amazing arc just through the course of those like 50 minutes. And I felt like it really built on the world, too, in a, in a way that I totally hadn't thought of until season two. Because, like, they kind of intro the idea in the beginning of season yeah. two. I hate this. I'm being, like, so generic about everything <laughs> sure. for the sake of not spoiling. But I thought there were a lot of pieces that really worked in this season. It's just kind of the whole didn't come together the way that season one did. And especially it just didn't have surprise, which... I can't believe I'm saying because the first season was so surprising in so many ways. Like the big things that happened, certainly plenty of them were incredibly epic, including the finale. Like the big showdown at the end was fucking incredible to watch, especially visually. But nothing like certain things happen with certain characters. There are quote unquote twists that happen with like what is really going on. None of it was surprising. And that like bums me out for a show that that was kind of its hook is it was super surprising in the first season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously if you were going to watch it, you're going to watch it anyway. And I still encourage people to watch it and make your own opinions yeah. and especially to watch it because next episode, I would like to talk about spoilers. So we, uh, <laughs> you should probably watch season two. So you've all got two weeks. next episode. Yes, exactly. Two weeks to watch Stranger Things. I can't imagine anybody that cared about Stranger Things hasn't finished it by the time this is out. Yeah. But uh, that's just kind of the nature of that show and kind of binge watching on Netflix in general. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Solid. Solid season, but to me, very underwhelming when looked at in the lens of the first season because it it that sticks out so much and we like we went and we marathoned the first season right before season two came out and it only made the drop off that much more dramatic because the first season this was our only because we only watched it once and this was our second time watching it and it still held up so well even when i knew the stuff that was going to happen it was still so fascinating to watch um i i haven't written it yet but by the time you're listening to this it should be up i'm writing a review of season two where you know i will go into spoilers and especially a lot of the little um tidbits that they kind of pluck from other 
movies of the era because season one was so famous for that you know heavy influence by like jaws nightmare on elm street and this season to me had a lot more of like goonies feel yeah and it had like a lot of indiana jones influence and uh like ghostbusters obviously (laughs) so I'll, i'll definitely talk about some of that as well as there are some new characters in season two that um i actively hated and literally brought nothing to the show mm-hmm. in any positive way. Oh yeah, there's another. There was another new character that I did that I did really enjoy. But the two, Kyle, I'm sure you know the ones that oh, I'm I talking do. about. <laughs> the the younger new characters, I hated both of them so much, and they literally added nothing. And it that that really bums me out more than anything. Right. But enough about Stranger Things. Um, right before recording this, I literally am just now coming back from seeing Thor Ragnarok. So it's ah. very fresh in my mind. <sighs> I was really underwhelmed by it. Bummer. And I know. It really bums me out. And obviously, like, you're still going to go see it. People should still go see it if they were interested. Because they're, like, it's it's fun. But my fear of it was confirmed in that it's just trying too hard. Like, the comedy is forced. A lot of the, like rad style that was present in the trailers feels a little forced in the movie Mm. and kind of the story isn't particularly interesting they do a really lazy storytelling cliche of like here's this new villain but she already has a pre-established relationship with a certain character that they didn't know about and that's just like so cliche and lame yeah it's the lazy way character writing a new character in Yes, exactly. Um, but it is still, like, a lot of the action is still good. For me, part of my disappointment is on Chris Hemsworth, which, like, I don't want to throw him totally under the bus because I think he does a fine job as Thor. And I've talked about this before, but I just don't really think he adds a ton. Like, Kelly and I were talking about it because she kind of felt the same way as I did with the movie where it's just kind of a, like, eh about it like that's my general reaction to this movie is eh but um she likes chris hemsworth and obviously the abs and the biceps i'm certain i'm sure help her like him why not uh but uh for me it's just i don't know he's certainly not bad i just don't think he adds anything to the character yeah, he doesn't and I feel he like he doesn't bring anything to thor that someone else couldn't absolutely and like I mean, I don't have any people in mind, but there are plenty of actors out there that I think would build on this character. Like, he delivers his lines, he does the comedy, he executes the action on a perfectly acceptable level, but, like, that's disappointing, though. Like, I I don't know. With as much fucking money as these movies cost to make, and they make in return, those huge celebrities, I just expect more. When you look at someone like Robert Downey Jr. and what he did for this franchise and what he did for the Tony Stark Iron Man character, that character is who he is because of Robert Downey Jr.'s performance. Even Samuel L. Jackson, Nick Fury is who he is because of Samuel L. Jackson. I totally don't feel that way whatsoever about Chris Hemsworth as Thor. It's not trying to, like... You know, I'm not saying he's terrible. I'm not trying to be mean about it. It just, I don't know. He is one of the least interesting Marvel heroes in my eyes. And I went into this movie hoping that would change because of the comedy they were going for, because of the style they were going for. And it just didn't really execute on that. So, um, bummer. Yeah. Like, and like I said, I, I would still recommend seeing it. It's not like it was a bad movie, but the quality of the Marvel films. The, that bar is so high in general um, that this it just didn't 
quite reach that bar. It is certainly better than either of the previous Thor movies, but I actively hated The Dark World and found the first Thor to be mediocre, so it's not like a super high praise for me to say it's the best. Sure, but sure. It, I mean, it, it still is, though. At it least still it's is the best. the best of the three. Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, short thoughts on Thor. Um, I'm, I'm, you're planning on seeing it, right? Uh, probably not in theaters. Well, okay, now that fair. now that I know like how you feel about it, I probably won't go see it in theaters. I'll probably wait on it. Yeah, and like, and I, I, I always want to give a grain of salt with stuff I say because I know I'm a very harsh critic. But I, I, I mean, I feel like I don't know. I did. I certainly didn't go into the movie wanting to dislike it. I feel like that should be obvious from how we've been talking about it going up until now. Right. Um, I'm more just disappointed than I would say, like, I didn't like it. Uh, I just, maybe my expectations were a little too high considering what had come before. I probably should have been a little more objective about it. However, before the movie, they showed that Black Panther trailer that we've talked about before. (laughs) And that movie still looks dope. I can't (laughs) wait to watch that movie. And they showed the most recent Star Wars trailer um, before it as well. And literally, I started tearing up watching it. Like, just, I can't handle my excitement for that movie. Despite the fact that I was somewhat disappointed in force awakens because of the story despite the fact that i really honestly didn't care for rogue one in most capacities i'm still just like over the moon excited for the last jedi i can't even fucking handle it anymore (laughs) i'm i'm excited to watch mark hamill finally act again i know dude oh i'm pumped so pumped and he's gonna bring that like older grit to it that he has oh yeah i'm super excited it's gonna be good he's he's Um, well seasoned now Oh yeah, he's got that. He's got the, old the Joker guy, voice, craggly face, <laughs> those like wild. I've seen some shit eyes. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Uh, so what about some like video game? Oh, and I should mention before we we move on that I will also have a Thor Ragnarok review going up this week. So make sure you're checking out shayhateseverything.com. So what about video games? What kind of games have you been playing? I beat Evil Within two. Okay. I clocked in you at were... around twenty three hours. Okay, because you were already really far into it when we talked la- last episode, yeah? Um, I was probably 10 hours into it last episode, um, so I was kind of uh, right about the halfway point. Um, okay. I had stopped like right before I was going to be, or so I thought, going to be leaving this large area. Um, and it turns out that there's a couple more pretty big-sized areas after that. Um, Sweet. And I'm really disappointed because I... <laughs> So apparently there's this Easter egg because you go like the, the way the game is structured is there are these big areas and they're connected with these like tunnel things, the separate marrow area, this underground bunker area. And so basically at the end of the game, you could go all the way back to the beginning and talk to the dude there. I didn't realize you could do that because I thought a path had closed, but apparently you can. It just takes like a long time to go all the way back through. But if you mm-hmm. talk to him, there's this conversation where uh, S- uh, Sebastian, the main character, he's like, says something to the effect of, yeah, you need to like get out of here. And the guy's like, I don't want to go out there. There's evil out there. And then <laughs> Sebastian goes, well, you know, there's evil within, too. And then they both of the character models look at the camera. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's just a stu- that is absurd. This stupid Easter egg in this like in a horror, <laughs> like a psychological horror game. Wow, oh, I'm so disappointed I missed it. But thank you to the internet for showing it to me, anyways. 
but That's hilarious. Yeah, that game was really good. The ending was nice. pretty drawn out. The ending sequence took way too long. Like the talk, because okay. it builds up this frenetic energy towards the end, and then it like s- glacially slows things down for these like moments between you and your wife that don't really work. Um, because like I mean, the game isn't written really well. The voice acting isn't a ten out of ten. You know, okay. so those moments don't hit the emotional peaks that they maybe could um and so it's like this frenetic pace like boom 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 and then there's this huge boss battle and then boom you hit this wall Mm. and it's like yeah i love you so much (laughs) really i love you too yeah we should probably get out of here but let's talk about how much we love each other and miss each other and like how we feel about the situation for a while and the writing isn't very good so it's like the um and this is after, like, you're done playing the game? This is, like, the final cutscene. Essentially. Oh, that makes still it like, kind of even worse. Yeah, there's still, like, a couple little things that it makes you do. Yeah. And also, like, you shouldn't have to do those things. Like, you should be mm-hmm. done playing. It could, they could do it in a cutscene. But, um, I don't know. Overall, I really, really, really liked Evil Within 2. I, I want to do a new game plus and play through it again. Um, get some more of the trophies and, like... Uh, because I unlocked a couple extra weapons and outfits and stuff for having beaten the game, similar to okay. how Resident Evil 4 does it. Um, so I want to like go back through and test out these new weapons and all this stuff sure. uh, and kind of see how it feels to be super powerful out of the gate. Um, and then like finish, because there are a couple like abilities that you get. You have to pump a lot of points, a lot of that green gel into them to get them. But mm-hmm. one of them is... It takes stamina, but you can slow down time and then, like, really aim your shots and hit the enemies. And that, like, that totally changes how combat works. It's a big, it's a, it's kind of a big deal. And I got that towards the end of the game, and that made the end of the game a lot easier. Um, so it would be cool to go back through and play these older boss battles and larger area segments with those abilities. So I do want to check was that, that kind out. Of thing, was that kind of thing in the first game? Like, abilities and stuff? I can't remember how much of it was. It was like there was an upgrade tree that you were pumping okay. green gel into. Okay. I don't recall if it had those types of abilities in it or not. Um, yeah. Also, in Evil Within Two, there's a fucking shooting range. Like, talk about Resident Evil Four. Like, there's mm. in the ho- in like the little office thing that you go back to where you upgrade and stuff. That like a shooting range opens up, and you can do that for like extra shit. Like, it, this game is so... It's, it's Resident <laughs> Evil 4 in all the ways that I appreciate. Well, yeah, that, that definitely sounds like it would be a good thing for you, considering that's, like, your favorite game of all time. Yeah, so... Does it does it give you any reason to go back and play it again, other than, like, the new weapons and to play around with the abilities? Like, are, are there any choices in the game, or, like, things that you could do a different way that would encourage repeat playthroughs? No, but there are collectibles and stuff that okay. help flesh out that world, and so, like, I missed... I think I missed, like, one file, so I want to figure out where the fuck that file is, because that's bugging Mm me, Um, and I want to read it, because, like, the the, the little uh, thing they have crafted that you are inside of, Matrix-like, is really interesting, and kind of their pseudoscience behind it um, that they sometimes delve into uh, in those little side files and stuff. It's just, it's neat. Um, Sure. But yeah, I, I mainly just want to go back and have like a power trip through these areas that I struggled through early on. I think that would be the most fun. But yeah, that ending sequence took took a while, so I'm not looking <laughs> forward to going back through that. 
But yeah. um yeah, I overall, I mean, I really really enjoyed it. It's it's one that I'm glad I'm going to keep on my shelf. And cool. the reversible cover art is dope. Nice. I love it when games have good reversible cover art. Speaking of good reversible cover art, I started finally near Automata. Mm-hmm. Um I finally un- And you've had it for a while. I, know, I had it since release. I finally took yeah. the shrink wrap off and <laughs> started it. So I thought cuz Giant Bomb has been very cryptic about what goes on in that game, just talking about the multiple endings and stuff, but a lot of specifics they're saving for Game of the Year uh, conversations and deliberations. Um, So I was operating under the the impression that it was kind of a self-serious Japanese RPG type game uh, with, like, active combat. Um, It is not very self-serious. Like it? Did you play the demo? No. Okay. See, because I played the demo, and I mean, it is like you know a third-person action game with like shooting and crazy moves and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But it does. It is like I wouldn't say it's like, or at least the demo wasn't funny per se, but it is very like stylish, and it doesn't take itself seriously. No, I guess, it doesn't. I which I thought it, it did. Um, yeah. Like I thought it had something that it really wanted to say, and maybe it still does. Because like I'm only like six hours into my first playthrough, uh, my first ending, whatever. Um, and that's the thing about Nier is like you have all these different new game pluses, and you're all you're e- each one is a different ending, um, and it take it's different takes on the same story from different perspectives, and different things right. happen, and it's kind of fleshing out this world, which is an interesting storytelling idea. But there was. So I'm, like, going along, I'm beating up all these robots and stuff, like, killing animals for their hides and, like, getting mm-hmm. crafting materials and all that, like, pretty typical stuff. And, like, they're talking about all these this robot, like, army that aliens created or machines created or something, and, like, they're taking over the world, so we're, like, trying to fight back, and it's this resistance. And then I go on this mission, I'm out in this desert, it's this big, vast area, killing some robots, and then it's like, oh, you need to, like, go find this one, like, tail it. So I tailed it into this desert city um and it brought me back to this area where there were a bunch of robots fucking each other (laughs) and going like oh yeah oh yeah like (laughs) like just going at it and i had to kill all these robots that were having (laughs) sex and then they at least let them finish some of them probably but then they all like came together and then this white goop falls down the middle and like a Ugh. humanoid cyborg comes out of it and it's a boss battle like i'm fighting wow. the child of all of these robots and the two people you play as are like what is going on this should not be possible <laughs> and it's like this enemy that every time you bring its health bar down it levels up and gains a new ability and so it becomes it just keeps learning from how you're fighting it and becoming more powerful and then eventually like okay. you kill it and then another one like sprouts out of that body carries the body away and like runs and is like super powerful so i guess i'm gonna have to fight it later but it was like (laughs) the super i i I thought like the i had this perception of what i thought the game was and it's just a bunch of robots doing it like and the the robots they're like these little dome shaped portly like r2d2 stature robots with these tiny stubby arms and legs 
and like they're kind of like cutesy whatever and but they're all like going at it it's ridiculous and then then like one of the next missions i went to was like this theme park that had been taken over by these robots but they were all like dressed up as jesters and like throwing mm-hmm. confetti and there were like these giant tanks and i was like oh shit but then mm. like they roll out and they're covered in like lights and and like paint and stuff and they're also shooting big blasts of confetti yeah and i was what like what is this game even and they were like japanese that's what super japanese um so i like i had no idea (laughs) apparently i had no idea what the game was gonna be like (laughs) but yeah i mean if nothing else this is selling me on giving it a shot it's pretty none of that was really present in the demo yeah like there it it's very over the top and there's a particular boss battle that's like kind of funny you're fighting like this big looks like an oil rig that kind of yeah, comes the big to life crane thing yeah. yeah and there are like little funny moments in that fight but nothing of what you're talking about right <laughs> it, it's ridiculous man and they're that's like awesome and then i found this village of robots that are like pacifists like they don't mm-hmm. want to fight they just want to live their life and be in peace and there's this one robot who's like an Adonis for them. And there's all these like fangirl robots that are like trying to write letters to him. And you got to deliver the letters to him. Like, it's, wow. I was like, what is going on, man? <laughs> it reminds me of, because like, every now and then in Xenosaga, because in Xenosaga, like shit gets heavy. But every now and then there's like a character or two that break that and yes. like uh, relieve some of that uh, levity or at add levity to it is that uh yeah yes, add, add levity. levity thank you it's what bre- brevity what is brevity like short shortness okay like, okay like short wit brevity is the soul of wit is the shakespeare ah, quote okay um but yeah so this feels like a game that is the opposite of that so it's mostly yeah. that and then the occasional yeah. like oh yeah we gotta save the world <laughs> um right so it's really really strange but I started that, um, and also, we both got our copies of Call of Duty World War II. Fuck yeah, Call of Duty! <laughs> XX Madlete 69 XX! <laughs> I, um, Gonna shoot some noobs! I saw someone with the PlayStation Network tag of XX ass underscore ass at underscore in ass ass in XX. <laughs> it was pretty good uh we were talking about this the other day when we were playing because like the only sh- kind of shared world or multiplayer game that i play with any regularity is destiny and i think because in destiny so much attention is paid to like the armor and the guns that other players have i never look at anyone's gamer tag ever right but in call of duty everybody looks like a world war ii soldier so you and look so at you the just see tag. that a lot and like and it shows you know the the scores at the end of the game where you see everybody's tag and everything and it's just like it really makes me remember why i cannot stand all nine multiplayer shooters because <laughs> it's a bunch of either teenagers or What's even worse, dudes my age that have been playing since they were teenagers. And they can't change So they their thought name. that ass ass in 69 <laughs> was so hilarious back in the day. It's so lame. Another one of my personal favorites, which we encountered last night while playing, was 
Spoots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that one is good. That one is good. I like that one. I like. Spoots. I enjoy spoots. <laughs> but it, it's all spoots. It's all caps. So there's like nine O's. Yeah. Spoots. <laughs> I like that, that one, one. That one I can I can get down with. Yeah. If you're but, spoots, hit me up, man. <laughs> so actual game itself, Call of Duty World War Two. I have beaten the first two missions, I believe, and each mission is like. Half an hour long, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, depending on how you do. I played okay, it on hardened. Enough. Are you on normal? Oh uh, yeah, I'm playing on normal. Okay, it took me a while on hardened. I was getting okay. really frustrated. But so I mean, I'm not far in. You did you end up beating? Yeah, it? Yeah, I beat it. Okay, and how many total missions were there? Eleven. Eleven missions. Okay, so that I mean, I still got a ways to go. Yeah, it was like five and a half, six hours, which is pretty standard for yeah Call of Duty that campaign. Feels right. Um, I mean, for my part, early on, like. There's certainly the spectacle that you would expect. There's certainly kind of like the World War II grittiness that you would expect. Nothing's really like jumped out or blown me away thus far. It feels fairly by the numbers. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, you storm the beach at Normandy and then you're killing Nazis and there is a vehicle section. And then there's a part where you're on a machine gun and you mow a bunch of guys down. And then there's a little part where you have to snipe some guys like... Uh, granted, all of that was in the first two missions, so there's like a good deal of variety of things you're doing, yeah. but it's like that shit has been in every Call of Duty game since the dawn of time. Yeah, they're not doing anything new here. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, for me, because I've been out of Call of Duty for a while, and especially like out of World War II in particular, like it's it's enough. I'm I'm enjoying my time with it. Like if I didn't have other stuff I needed to do today, I would happily, after we're done recording, I would happily jump back in and play for an hour. Like, it's certainly not a game where I would want to marathon the whole single-player campaign. Because there's just not enough to it. There's not enough meat. But, like, it's a totally fun diversion, and I'm enjoying that aspect of it. Yeah. And I'm not going to get into specifics because you haven't finished it yet, but Mm -hmm. it, it tries for a couple of moments that it does not earn at all. Sure. Like, from a, from a storytelling perspective? Correct. Yeah, and, like, the characters are all pretty cliche as well thus far. Yeah, a couple of them grow on you a little bit, but by mm-hmm. the end, like, there are five, maybe six characters that they want you to know the names for. Yeah. I could tell you the name of two of them. I Yeah, I could name two right now. Zussman, who's kind of like your buddy. Yeah. He's kind of like the New Yorker, like, he's hip kind of guy. And then I think Pearson is he's like the, the he's the dude. sergeant? Yeah, yeah, he's your sergeant. I mean, and I because he's Josh Dahamel or Josh Dahamel, uh, right, how you pronounce yeah. his name. But I only can think of his name because the character looks like the actor, right? And then I think the character you play as, at least at the beginning, it's Call of Duty, so he probably dies in like the first four missions. But I think his name's Daniels or Daniels, Davis. Yeah, but he's kind of like he's kind of like a country Texas boy. Yeah. He narrates things. He's pretty generic and we, boring. We were in World War Two and we were fighting. Yeah. Zussman, uh, Zussman's my buddy. We said till the end. Yep, yep. And then there's there's a there's the guy who he's the nerd and he's a photographer. They call him College. I know that because he's smart. And when being smart in the forties, that's was not, not actually cool. his name. No, it's not actually that's his name. What that's they what call they call him. him. They call him College. Yes. And and I will say but, the only reason I know the characters' names is because I play with subtitles, and so it says the characters' names. Uh, that, okay. That's a good yeah, way yeah. to learn names and yeah. games if you need to, or shows. Yeah. Um, the only other character that's been in it is the lieutenant, but I could not begin to tell you his name. I can't remember it either. <laughs> I yep. just beat it. 
<laughs> so, I mean, as far as a single-player campaign goes, seems like it's perfectly fine, and you would say that it's perfectly fine, but it's it's not... I, and not that anybody is buying Call of Duty to play the single-player sure. campaign, but I wouldn't recommend buying it just to play the single-player campaign. Right, right. At this point, I'm not sure I would also uh, tell you that you should buy it for the multiplayer, because at least... Like, right now, we were playing... We played for a couple hours on on Saturday before you're hearing this. Yeah. Which was the day after the game came out. But there were a lot of connectivity issues. Oh, yeah. In different ways, too. And um, it's confusing. Like, it just seems... It just seems like it's very buggy. And... Because there's, like, the kind of um, social space. Which, like, there is so much fucking destiny in this game. Oh, my it God. It is crazy. But there's a big social space, which obviously is like the tower from Destiny, where you're kind of pl- with a bunch of other characters who are all teabagging each other. But, um, it, like, it sometimes loads you into it, sometimes doesn't. And we were playing a bit of multiplayer together, and sometimes it would let you change your loadout in between. Sometimes it would just freeze on the score sheet until it loads you into another map. Yep. And when that happens, you can't even leave the lobby. Until it needs to it wait loads. until you're in the game. Yeah, yeah. so, like... I'm assuming that there were a lot of problems. Not that these are design choices of not letting you leave a lobby. Although that seems like something Activision would do. Like, no, you're going to live here forever. (laughs) (laughs) There's no stopping World War II. (laughs) Yeah, you have to buy the supply drops. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, they're they're cards. A card that you... It's an epic card for leave the lobby. (laughs) (laughs) Single use. Or you can pay $5.99. Yep. Um... So, like, there are surprising amount of systems as well in the multiplayer. Like, I found myself having, you know, I played a shit ton of Call of Duty back in the day. And granted, it's been probably four years since I really played a game. But, like, I know how Call of Duty works. How you make your character and all that kind of shit. I had no idea what was going on when we were loading into this. You and I, like, we, after our, like, first couple matches, we loaded into the social space. And, like, you were trying to tell me a little bit, like, how the cards work, how you change things. I had no idea what you were talking about. It's a little strange. It seems so complicated for how casual 90% of Call of Duty players are. Although, to be fair, like... I would consider Call of Duty players to be casual, but I guess a lot of them are hardcore on Call of Duty. Yes. Like, that's the one game that they yeah, play. Just so like maybe casual gamers are like the Madden or the FIFA players, but they play that game hardcore. A ton. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, it's way too early for me to come back and say anything about like the classes or the weapons or even like the maps or the, those systems. The only thing that I can speak authoritatively on is saying like, there's a lot going on up front. Yeah, um, there is. And, like, I still don't really know what a lot of the cards do. I unlocked a legendary grip, and I couldn't find it afterwards. There are emotes. Like, so, there's just a lot of stuff. The grip. That stuff. Yeah, tell me about the grip. I think I have figured it out, because mm-hmm. there's this, like, crafting RV, army RV, that you can go to and talk to a dude but that's not out yet. Like, you can craft weapon skins, and you can, like, upload weapon skins, and you can craft weapons. So, but that says it's not available yet. So I think those grips and stuff that we're getting are for that. And we can't so even you're getting cards yet. that you can't even... What? Yes. Why? I got a supply Why? drop that was three grips, and I couldn't use them. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. 
And also, it, that seems yeah. so half baked. I know. Like, why would you release that when you can't even use it yet? I know. That I don't know what the plan was for that, or if there was one. I don't know anymore, dude. Um, but I, well, from a from a pure like gameplay perspective, what do you think about the multiplayer so far? Because you you played a little bit good. more than I have. Yeah, yeah. The weapons feel really good. Um, once I'm in a match, like in a lobby, if I stick mm-hmm. with it, I don't have any problems. Um, I haven't had any connectivity issues there. Every now and then I'll get in a lobby where I feel like my connection to the lobby has killed me a couple times in a match. You know, like I'm losing firefights. I should have won. Stuff like that. And that's so variable, too. It is. Because I know like those first couple matches that we played... I could tell that something was going on in the connection because, like, when I'm watching the kill cam, the dude who killed me is, like, stuttering all over the map. Yeah. And, like, in my screen, he was stuttering, too, and it just makes it that much more obvious. But the longer we played, like, a couple of the last matches, I was winning every single gunfight. And I, I wasn't playing any better than I was in the beginning. It's just because it happened to like my connection better. Right. That's how fickle these games are. And it, like... That's the frustrating thing about Call of Duty, and it always has been and it always will be until they do dedicated servers or something else. Like, it's so connection-dependent because you die like that. Yeah. Like, you die in four shots max. There's just no way that you can overcome even a millisecond but being being a millisecond behind the other guy. It's – I don't know. I don't know how that can be fun in a sustainable perspective, but those games still sell millions of copies, so clearly some people enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, and you know, people consistently play them for years on end. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it so far. Um, I've There are challenges. There are daily and weekly challenges um, that you get uh, that give you like... 20% XP bonus for 20 minutes of game time or a supply drop or a rare supply drop, depending on the difficulty of the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have these like credits that you can use to purchase. All right. So, Oh my God, let's, I'm going to try to simply break this down. There's another, there there's another thing. 20 minutes later. I know. There, like, so you're getting these supply drops and every now and then you'll get like a uh, calling card, which is like the background of your emblem thing. The emblem, um, or like some other cosmetic thing. Like there are actually different outfits for the different divisions, which the different divisions are yeah. like basically a set. You level up divisions, and those divisions have set bonuses for types of weapons and play styles. So you like, if I want to use an SMG, I should probably have the division for that loadout be airborne because they get a suppressor on the SMG and they have sure. in- increased sprint speed and stuff like that. Um, there are other ones like for shotguns or LMG stuff. There's other divisions for that. Um, so there are like different cloth sets for that specific division. So, and I just figured out how to do this finally. So I have a winter jacket for my like LMG class, um, that I never use, but I got that from a supply drop and it was a, it Mm -hmm. wasn't a legendary, it was a purple, Oh um, yeah! Oh yeah! It's a purple winter jacket. Get them jacket. perps! Mm-hmm. Get them perps! That's right. <laughs> and um, so there's this whole thing where every, well, almost every weapon has an epic version of that weapon that has a different skin. Like it's usually like black and gold, and it gives you like 10% extra XP on kills with that weapon. No yeah. different stats. Nothing's different. It just looks cool and gives you 10% extra XP. I got one of those. Yeah. It was like in my second drop that I got. I got a legendary 
spud gun or whatever the hell the first muscle machine gun is. Yeah, so you can... What is it? It's like a garbage gun? What's it called? Grease gun. Grease gun. Yeah. Grease That's gun. the one I use, which I'm really jealous yeah. you got that. Um, it looks dumb. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does look dumb. So <laughs> you can get those rarely um, from actual drops or... No, you can get them epically. Epically. That's right. <laughs> from actual drops. Rare is a whole other thing. Yes. <laughs> you can get them rarely, legendarily, or epically. Or, or commonly. commonly. You can get a commonly yeah. one. Yeah. Unlikely, but commonly. Um, there's uh, this whole breakdown. You can also earn those if you purchase with these special credits that you get from something. I don't even fucking know. Um, you can buy them with real <laughs> money or you can earn them through something else, but these credits. So you can you buy all of like the calling cards and emblems and skin stuff under this list, and then you get the epic version of a specific weapon. Um, so like the one okay. I want to use the M1 Garand. So the one I'm working on is the M1 Garand. So I have like one of the seven requirements met for that. Now I can get okay. some of those requirements from drops or I can just purchase them with the credits. Um yeah, it's just there's so much happening. There's so much happening. And that sounds terrible. The really shitty thing right now is my current objective because it takes you through like all the things you can do um and gives you rewards for them in headquarters. Uh and my current objective is commend a fellow soldier, which you can I think if you get a certain number of commendations from people in headquarters, then your, like, social skill goes up. And I don't know what the fuck a social skill is. Like, come what? I, dude, I know. I know. <laughs> it, they made Call of Duty an MMO. And Ugh. so, but my objective is to commend a fellow soldier, except last night and this morning, I load into headquarters and there's nobody fucking there. There's no one I can't commend a fellow soldier, so I can't progress the stupid like tutorial what you can do in headquarters thing because it's broken. You're the only soldier left. Yeah, like good luck fighting the Germans. <laughs> yeah, like we all quit. Just me and a You've bunch of drafted. NPCs that don't move. Yeah, they just stand there. <laughs> oh man, but, but there is like there's a cool like there's a gun range where you can test out the guns. There's a kill yeah. streak range uh, yeah. where you can test out all the kill streaks because they are and that stuff's smart. Yeah, that's yeah. smart. Like that should be in there there's a 1v1 arena that's pretty fun like it's best of three or something Hmm. um or it's first person to three kills and like one of my challenges for the day was win a 1v1 match without dying so kill Mm -hmm. them three times without dying and i fucking i died once oh i was so mad um get good but like everyone else can watch that happening that match happening because it's happening in real time you queue up for it at a board and then you can watch people play like from up on a hill um, mm-hmm. It's like that's cool. You can head down into the sewers and then start the zombies thing. There's oh. there's a theater, uh, or you can start. Yeah, I saw the theater. The weird thing though is you can also start zombies just by hitting from the start menu, menu and select. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know why it's even down there. But um, there's a theater with like a projector, and the implication there is if they're having like mlg sport esport shit going on like official streams they'll be streaming uh-huh. them so you can log into call of duty and watch the stream from your headquarters with your other call of duty friends yeah like why the fuck would anyone do that so like you just fucking hop on discord man and watch it on twitch like i don't know why you would That's do that so weird i'm wondering if they're gonna like give out stuff to people who are there watching it 
possibly. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what the point is, but I guess it's to keep people in the ecosystem. Right. It keeps like, you keep, in the keep game you, playing. Keep those concurrent users yeah. up. And keep them logged into COD. Also, all these supply drops, you actually call them in in the headquarters yeah. and then people can watch and see what you get from the supply drop. And if, oh you, boy. if you watch people open supply drops, you get social skill points. Wait, seriously? I'm serious. <laughs> what? Dude, what is this I game? I still don't know what the social skills do. I don't know what the, the <laughs> When do, do you shoot guys? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't know what's happening. So they, they, they reward you for watching other players yes. who you don't know. Who you don't know. Get cards pop up. Oh, I got a legendary emote. Yep. Yeehaw. Oh, yeah. Also, there are emotes. Yep. Which you can do after I've unlocked matches. like four of them already. They're so and dumb. Yep, they're pretty freaking stupid. It's just, it's really weird. Like, they took all of the social parts of Destiny and just slapped yeah. it into Call of Duty. It's bizarre. Yeah. And it's also, like, yeah. not functioning right now. And it's three days right. after release Well, when we're recording this. So it's like, come on, man. I don't know. It's strange. It's very strange. But, like, and, the actual, like, playing the game is fun. I'm having fun playing the game. And as bizarre as all this stuff is, it's still fun to, like, laugh about and be puzzled at. Because it's Yeah, it's definitely strange. a, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's weird in a mostly fun way yeah. right now. We'll see if that continues. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, as homogenous as Call of Duty has been, this is, like, a really big change in terms sure. of the back end stuff. Um, yeah. like not the actual playing of Call of Duty, but all the other stuff you do while the disc is in your system. Um, mm-hmm. so like that's like they're trying, man. They're trying stuff. Absolutely, they're they're definitely trying. It it's like they just the sledgehammer team hung out with the Bungie team for a couple of weeks yeah. and just literally stole all of the ideas from Destiny. Like, there's nothing really new to shared online shooters in this but certainly a lot of stuff that's new to call of duty yeah um but yeah like so like you and i we still need to play zombies there's a separate co-op campaign right um specifically for co-op so like you and i need to play that still so there's still a bunch of content that you and i haven't seen yet or engaged with um but yes i mean and that stuff will be fun for us to play together and Mm -hmm. i i still like i played solo last night and this morning and I got mad, like, once, but then I just kind of, like, took a deep breath. And also, all the, like, daily challenges and stuff, they're making me play different game modes that I wouldn't okay. normally. Like, because normally I would just be TDM, TDM, or Kill Confirmed over and over, mm-hmm. and over and over and over and over again. But now these challenges have me trying out different game modes, like Gridiron, where you have a ball, and you're trying to, like, score at the other people's goals. Okay, um, yeah, that's that's been in previous Call of Duty. Yeah, like, I have never played that before. Like, I've never mm-hmm. engaged with it. Like, when I played Modern Warfare 2 or 3 or whatever, I did um, bare bones, classic, whatever. Like, so no right. kill streaks, just guns. Like, that was my favorite thing to do. And that's what I, that's all I did. And so this is, like, I'm now experiencing more of what they have to offer. And I might not opt for doing that normally, but it's at least uh, switching up the monotony of yeah. the same thing over and over. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've only found, like, <sighs> there's only one map so far that I really actively dislike. Um, and it's only a, a certain part of that map. So when I play that map, I just don't go in that part of it. And then I do fine. 
still. The maps seem to be pretty small in general. Like, yeah. uh, granted, it's been years since I've played Call of Duty, so maybe this has been the trend. But at least when I was playing, you know, Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare 3, Black Ops, there were at least a couple, like, huge maps. There are. Where it was really good to be, you know, assault rifles and snipers. Yeah, there are actual snipers. There are, the, quickscope That's one of the maps I'm talking about. Because I primarily play okay. uh, SMG class. Uh, that's what I kind of yeah. always do default to. So, like, that, those are not good maps for me. But there are right. totally two or three that are like that. Okay, that's better. Because at least when we were playing, I mean, we did kind of get the same maps over and over, like three or four different ones. Yeah, we did. But they, were all pre- they all felt pretty small, or at least a lot of closed corridors. Yeah. The maps might have been big, but, like, the lanes, there weren't a lot of long sight lines. Yeah, and there, there's what I'm one saying. specifically I'm thinking of that has, it's, like, small buildings around the perimeter, but the whole... Yeah middle section of the map is really open okay that's um, good yeah so there's definitely you know that that's a map for other people also fucking quick scoping is back uh yep with uh, uh i don't know what's the i can't think of words back with the fart back with it yep a wet back fart. with the like a back with the tea bag this is back with the this is how the quick scope this is how call of duty the, ends not with a quick scope but with a whimper <laughs> but with a Mountain Dew shot, Doritos, twenty <laughs> percent XP bonus for seven days, acne, acne, uh, XX. Back with a locked in the basement, <laughs> ass ass. Back in. with a you're grounded. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, what what? I don't know. Talking about Call of Duty this long makes me un unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> I did have fun playing yeah, yesterday, yeah. though. Like the single player, I had fun ish. I, I was I was enjoying myself, and then when we played, I like it took me back to the day where I was just angry all the time playing multiplayer shooters. But it was also fun yeah. playing. Yeah. I doubt I will play a ton of multiplayer by myself. That's just not how I want to spend my time. But I'm sure we'll play plenty, and I am excited to play through at least like the co op campaign and try zombies and stuff out. So yeah, there will be more Call of Duty talk in the future, which. Take take that or leave it. Yeah, I wouldn't blame you for unsubscribing after that news. <laughs> um, so I I played some more South Park fractured butt hole. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess the only other thing that I would add to what I already said about it, I continue to be impressed with the intricacy and the scope of like the story because, and this was true of stick of truth as well. Like there aren't a ton of side quests right? and there isn't a ton, like it's not a huge map. There's not really grinding or anything to pad out the time. Like most of the time you're playing the game, you're progressing the main story okay. and it's still really long and like really intricate's a weird word, but like it's very, it's just, it's good. There's a lot of shit going on and a lot of, like, fun interactions. And that, like, really blows me away about this kind of game. Because, you know, a typical JRPG, which this is obviously modeled after, you have all these little side quests that you can do or not. And those add a lot to the experience and to the runtime. But the core story, like, you go through however many locations, however many missions. And then there's, like, that big gap where you're prepping for the final boss. And then there's the final boss that he has six different versions. And then that's the end of the game. Like, there's not, like, a huge, long, expansive through line throughout. And this does have that, which I I really like. Because, like, I've played for, I don't know how long I've played, 8 to 10 hours probably so far. I haven't even seen Stan yet. Oh, wow. 
Like, and so I, I imagine I'm probably not even at the halfway of the game. Like, the big turn hasn't happened yet. It's still setting up the fake mystery of whatever else is going on outside of their little superhero game. Right. And so, like, that excites me, and I'm 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 still greatly enjoying it. And I did get. I don't think I was at this point when we talked about it last, but um, I did get to the point where I got to choose a second set of powers. Oh. So like. Um, I had, because I picked the uh, blaster, I think it was. So I'm like the fire-throwing guy. Okay. uh, The DPS guy. And so I got a second set of powers where I could choose different forms of that. I don't remember all of them specifically, but the one that I chose is like Elementalist. So it added an attack that does ice. It added an electricity attack. It added a ground attack. And then it added like a water healing attack thing. Oh, cool. And so I got, so like you have your four, your your three attacks plus your super plus the new three attacks and the new super. And you can mix and match however, whichever ones you want. And so that like, it makes me feel a little bit more, um, like it's my defined character. And there are so many different costumes and stuff that like almost every, you know, beat story beat that I go through, I completely change out my costume and it's all totally, um, what's the word? Like it doesn't have any bearing on the game. It's gameplay. all cosmetic. Yeah. Cosmetic. That's the word. And so like you can, you do whatever you want. You're not min maxing any gear or anything like nice. that in terms of your costume. So that makes it really fun to go in and change the colors. And the, I, I, I found one secret costume that was, you know, the, the cop, like the redheaded cop in South Park. Yeah. Not Officer Barbrady, but he's like a detective. And there's one episode where like he goes undercover as a prostitute. <laughs> and so he's wearing like a red sequiny dress and long blonde hair, but he still has like his beard right. and it's really gross. I unlocked that costume. <laughs> and so I played for a while with the like red sequiny dress and the blonde hair. I gave myself a five o'clock shadow. So like just doing that kind of silly stuff is really fun. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm still really enjoying the game. I would say like it's not jumping out in my mind the way the first one did because that was such a pleasant surprise with how faithful it was to South Park. And this is more – it's just more of that. Uh, but I'm still really enjoying it. It is weird because a lot of this game has more references to recent South Park. And so that stuff I'm not getting. Right. Because I, I haven't watched it regularly in like five plus yeah, years. Yeah, So like there are these little collectibles. They look like little raisins. But they they talk like this. Like, ah, I – it's all about like, oh, do you remember? remember this thing ah i remember that like that's what they do and i've never seen that episode so the first one that i found i'm like what the fuck is this <laughs> does it make you want to go but, uh, watch current south park and eh, not really because it's not that funny of a bit okay um but there was another one of an episode i haven't seen where it's like this dude who's he's like the social justice warrior and so he's like a cop that's all about social justice. And so he, you, there's a boss battle with him about microaggressions. <laughs> and it's pretty fucking good. Because you walk in and he like tests you. And so he's like, fight me back when I throw out a microaggression. And it'll be like, uh, he'll say like, uh, that's a nice outfit you're wearing. And if you attack him, he hits you back. It's like, no, that wasn't a microaggression. I was just complimenting you. And then it'll be like, it must be nice to not have to worry about doing your hair with hair like that. And then you hit him and he's like, yeah, that was a microaggression. <laughs> it's clearly de- like derivative of what, like making fun of bald people or what it's, it's dumb shit. Like, but it's very fun and done in the like 
anime combat style that they use in these games yeah. where there's like the the quick cuts right. and like the you know the, you know you have like the crazy bright colored lines behind guys as they attack yeah. and all of that it just makes everything a lot a, a lot more fun and i also had so a can boss you do battle that, against like, the raisins combat then do like no. other enemies do micro not the micro the the microaggressions, there is a little side quest that uh, he says, like, once you catch 10 microaggressions, come back and I'll teach you whatever else. I, I haven't gone back and done it yet, but you pl- you fight a lot of sixth graders, and so they throw a lot of insults at you. Uh-huh. And so you can catch them for microaggressions, <laughs> and then the dude comes in and, like, you do a special attack. It's really good. And also, I mean, I could talk about this game forever, but only other thing that I will add that I really, really love uh, Scott Malkinson is in this game, the <laughs> kid with Scott. diabetes, and so he he's one of the superheroes, oh, and he no. is ca- he is Captain Diabetes, <laughs> and so there's a special attack that you do that helps you. It's not like it's it's inspired by Metroid, where like you learn new abilities that let you unlock new areas. And yeah. there's one with him that he can because he's like a strength guy, and so he, anything that has like a green bottom to it he can like flip and then let you pass through and so his whole thing his super is he eats a bunch of sugar and then goes into a diabetic rage and like punches the thing and then he crashes so he has to give himself an insulin shot otherwise he like has an aneurysm it's good it's really good if i mean if you like south park this is certainly a video game that you should play uh i'm i'm very much enjoying it and now after talking about it i want to go play some more south park (laughs) Um, so what else, anything else that you've been uh, like watching or playing through? Uh, yeah. So, um, I'm almost done with, uh, legends, legends of tomorrow season two. Um, and it is not any better. Um, okay. I would actually say is worse. Um, (laughs) and Kara and I just last night, we marathoned the entire first season of mind hunter. Um, Mm. which was Kelly and I want to watch that. We just haven't had time to start it. Very good. It looks cool. Like there are, I, I I liked it because the show in the first episode, Kara and I were like, okay, we're not really sure like what it's about, like what what are they going to be going for? Is it going to be like this weird serialized thing, or like is this the format they're going to go with? Um, and it kind of it makes itself a little bit more clear in the second episode. But I would say there are a couple of like. The thing that's interesting about the show is what the show is about at its core, but some of the stuff that happens around the edges of it to, like, flesh out character stuff, I did not enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But I did really like the core of the show, and that kept us going and kept the momentum. Like, I mean, we watched the whole first season. I think it was... Yeah. Is 10 episodes? Yeah, it was 10 episodes, 45 minute. So, I mean, we marathon the right. whole thing we were up till like four in the morning uh, and finished it. <laughs> i love shows like that yeah so i highly recommend it i thought it was it was it was very good uh, they have a a good cast and um it's it's written well and there's a lot of stuff that the questions they pose are questions i've had myself before and i've had conversations hmm. with people about and so it's it's cool to see those conversations happen um with those characters and yeah so it's i i'd recommend it it's all about like the psychology of criminals and right. uh ser- like serial killers and stuff 
Kelly loves that shit. Yeah. Like, cause she, her job, she doesn't have to pay that much attention. And so she listens to podcasts all day long, all day long. And she loves listening to all these like murderer podcasts. Yeah. So she's really, really been looking forward to mine. Hunter. It's, it's We're fascinating. Have to t- prioritize that. It really yeah. is. Yeah. It's very cool. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of it on my end. Is there anything else for you? Yeah, the only quick things I did want to mention, I because uh, I've talked about these already, but we are continuing to watch The Leftovers. We just started season three last night. So I know I, last time I checked in, the intro to season two was really weird because it was like a completely new setting. Right. And they introduced a whole new family. All of that stuff I thought wrapped up pretty well. Um, they integrated it well. Um, the show is getting a bit up its own ass much in the way that like lost did where they kind of are like, they just want to keep you in the dark on everything. Yeah. And a lot of it feels like lazy writing because now that we've started season three, season three takes place three years after season two. And so it's just like, Season one begins where it's introducing you to this world and you're slowly getting pieces about it and learning about the characters. And then like there's a big climax and a resolution and that's the end of the season. And then rather than what a normal show would do is introducing some new pieces but building on that resolution, season two was just like, oh no, now we're just like a year later, new setting, new characters, here's a new mystery. And so they kind of build towards that. Things come together. There's a big climax, a little bit of a resolution, a bit of a cliffhanger, and then that season ends. And now we're in season three, and oh, now it's three years in the future, and there are new relationships. There aren't a ton of new characters, but they all have different – because, like, a bunch of shit has happened in that three years. So now we're just going to dangle the little breadcrumbs of, like, what happened to make them the way they are. And it's just like – I don't know. It's just kind of shitty storytelling because it's not about – creating a story it's about how can we undermine what you know about these characters through really contrived means okay um so that i mean it's kind of annoying we're only two episodes in i think the third season's shorter though i think it's only like eight episodes so our goal is to finish it before our hbo now renews like mid-november so we're gonna (laughs) marathon through it but uh, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty down on the, excuse me. I'm losing my voice. Feeling pretty down on the season so far, but the second season did come together, even though I was kind of like bewildered by the beginning. So I'm willing to stick it out. I'm glad though, that the show ends after season three, because if they just continued this path, much the same as they did with lost, the show would become like absurd in a very bad way. Like lost. Did. Yeah. So I'm glad they at least kept it short. Uh, also I've been continuing to watch vice principles, which I was also happy to learn that the current season two is the final season. Not that I'm not enjoying the show. I am, but there are just so many things that I'm trying to watch that right. like, this was really high on my priority list. Cause I really love Danny McBride. I really liked Eastbound and down his previous show that he worked on with the same creator of vice principles. I absolutely adore Walton Goggins. Who's the second lead in this. So I really wanted to watch it, but there's so much stuff I want to watch that I'm glad I can check this off. Um, it, it's, I mean, it's still very funny. It's the show has a lot more heart than I would have anticipated. They kind of started building towards that towards the end of season one, like actually ma- trying to make you care about the characters and the relationships. It's not always super successful at it, but it's interesting that they try because Danny McBride, like as an actor, he's hilarious, but he's so crass and kind of like abrasive that he's not likable. Like his <laughs> characters are not likable. Yeah. So I don't know why 
and it's the creator. I'm, I'm missing his name, but the creator of Eastbound and Down and this that is writing partners with Danny McBride a lot. He keeps trying to like make Danny McBride's characters likable, and it just doesn't work. It's just it's bizarre choice, I guess. Um, but bring those two up because I also have reviews of the most recent seasons on well, my website. So check those out if you have seen them or are interested. The only last thing that I would say um, before I move on to some news, because there's a lot of it to talk about. I joined a clan in Destiny 2. So I haven't really been playing much Destiny 2. But I was bored one day and I was just looking at the clans. And so I went ahead and joined one. You get like a lot of free shit for joining a clan. Yeah. Even if you don't do anything. Because I play maybe an hour a week. Like, if I get bored, I'll pop it in on a weekend. But I'm not playing regularly whatsoever. And, and you're just getting powerful I'm, gear from the clan stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah because I'm in a clan, like, it, every week you can earn a piece of powerful gear by just, like, doing public events and strikes. You build up your percentage, and then you can get a piece of powerful gear. But if your clan reaches certain thresholds in other areas, you also get powerful gear. So, like, I get a piece of powerful gear whenever someone in my clan... Well, up, I only get one. But whenever someone beats the raid, I get a piece of raid gear. And then whenever someone beats a nightfall, I get a piece of powerful gear. There are a couple other ones. So, like, every time I log in, I get, like, four... Or, I should say, every time I log in, which is once a week, I get, like, four or five items... So I have like two guns that are from the raid and I have never touched the raid. So that's like, it's pretty cool to reward people for being in clans. So even if you're only playing every once in a while, I definitely recommend joining a clan because you'll get some free shit. Uh, Maybe I just got lucky because I joined a clan that's like was almost full. So there are a lot of people in there. That helps. I'm sure if you join a clan with like five people, you probably wouldn't be getting it. But anywho, um, so major news for us to talk about this week is from the Paris Games Week. And Sony had a press conference. There wasn't like a ton of new stuff that's newsworthy, but I did want to go through because they obviously had their press conference and they showed off a bunch of new trailers. So I just wanted to touch on these briefly. Uh, I was honestly surprised, and I didn't watch a lot of this because I don't care, but I was surprised how much PSVR stuff there was. Did you watch any of the like VR trailers for new games? So that was like before their their panel right or they had like sure sure they had this thing like before they got all the vr stuff out of the way honestly i don't remember a lot of what was shown i think a lot of Mm -hmm. what was shown was stuff that's already out and there was like or or, and like a couple things were getting updates i think um i so i think several of the games like farpoint and stuff like that are already out and they were showing like this it's resident evil 7 like final edition whatever thing that has all the DLC and yada yada, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think a few of the titles they showed are uh, currently released. So I mean, it's just like ugh, whatever, man. I don't know. Like I, I'm not gonna invest in PSVR. That oh, certainly not. No way. It was more more just wanted to make mention, and I guess the fact that a lot of stuff's already out undermines my point a little bit but i was just pleasantly surprised with how many vr games that they showed off there yeah but like it was it was before their press conference yeah yeah not not specifically to the press conference it's just about like that they're they seem to be still investing money in creating software for there's a new version of psvr coming out like an Ah. an updated headset is coming out yeah i didn't know that Um, okay and, like, it allows a few different things that the current thing doesn't. Like, there's, like... I think the current one had problems with certain, like, HDMI pass-through stuff. Uh, like, 
recording wise, um, mm-hmm. uh, recording footage wise. I, I think it had some issues. Um, I, there, uh, there were a few different things. I can't remember all the different changes on it. You'd, you'd have to go look it up. But I, I know there are like a few quality of life improvements on the new headset model. And so I think that's okay. why they pushed it. It's just to be like, hey, we're updating the headset and here are games that are out, games that are getting updates, and a couple games that are have yet to be released. So okay. I think that's what the purpose of that segment was. Um, but I bet at E3 this coming year... We hardly see any VR anything. I bet we see a sizzle reel. Really? Interesting. Yeah, I think Sony's You think this is on. like the last gasp? Well, for PlayStation VR, maybe. I mean, unless they have a lineup that they want to show. I mean, until then, it's like, I mean, there isn't much. I mean, cause there, That's too bad. Yeah, I, I agree. It is too bad. I mean, there are some games that you know they trickle out every now and then for like stuff mm-hmm. on the PC like the Rift and uh and the Vive. But uh PSVR from what I can tell hasn't had much in a while. So, I think it uh, and then, you know that's like that's on Sony, right? You know they they right. needed to be on that. I mean, they, in terms of PC, there are still some experiences that I want to try of games I don't have yet and I'm just kind of waiting for stuff to go on sale. Um Probably for the holiday sale, I'll pick up a couple things this year on Steam. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, like in terms of VR, like I'm not opting to play games I could play in non-VR in VR. Um, I want to get games specifically tailored for that experience, sure. and uh, yeah. it's been a slow trickle. I'm still glad I got the headset because now I have it, and there are like a c- <laughs> in case it ever does take off, you already have one, right? And, the, and like there are a couple games coming down the pipe that I'm excited for, but you know, I'm not. I would not invest in another VR headset. Sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's zero chance of that happening. Uh, so beyond the VR stuff, because obviously that wasn't the big focus, I found there to be a disappointing lack of new announcements, yeah. but kind of the standout new announcement, I think, was Ghost of Tsushima, which I think is how you pronounce yeah. it, which is the new Sucker Punch game. Not a ton, like, to go off of from the trailer. Yeah. Obviously, it takes place in, like, feudal Japan. At least it seems like a lot of samurais, that kind of thing. Uh, I think probably safe to assume that it's, like, a third-person action game, semi-open world. And, I, you know, I'm just going from Sucker Punch's previous games in the Infamous franchise. But, like, it looks... I mean, it looks cool to me. Definitely a setting that... I was unexpected from from Sucker Punch. Yeah. So I'm excited to see kind of how they do that. And I thought for all of Infamous's flaws, I think that their world building has been pretty good. Uh, and so I'm excited to see kind of what form this takes. Yeah, they definitely improved on their world building through the Infamous franchise. Yes. And and I really liked Second Son. I didn't really care for the first game. Thought the second one was a better version of the first game. But I actually really liked Second Son. But... Uh, like it's not like a perfect game by any means, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm pretty excited to see at least to see more of this and see some actual gameplay and what the what that flow will be because yeah. you know their most recent games you've had superpowers and so this one presumably you don't. Uh, so I'm curious to see kind of what direction they take that. Yeah. Um, other new announcements. There is going to be a Spelunky two. Are you a Spelunky fan? No, I don't. I'm not into that. Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything against the game. I, I I think I played. I must have gotten it on Steam 
something at some point because I've played it before, but just a little bit. And I was, excuse me, just kind of like, eh. Um, but hey, a lot of people love Spelunky. Yeah, so people are cool going to be making crazy about one. that. The sequel I am more looking forward to is Guacamelee 2. Hell yeah. <laughs> I fucking can't wait for Guacamelee 2. I'm so glad that they're making a Guacamelee 2. I know the first one did well critically and commercially, but after that game, Drinkbox went and made that PS Vita game, Severed, which I'm sure sold a thousand copies because no one owns a damn PS Vita. It was such I think a weird it was, decision. I think but it was also on mobile. I think you're right. I think it might have gone came to mobile afterwards. Yeah. That couldn't work on mobile. It's a lot of like screen yeah, swiping and swiping, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Guacamelee 2 looks really good. It looks like there's four player co op. There's like a little shot in the trailer where there are four characters. So I, I don't know that it's a guess, but I would think so. But the bigger thing to me is like it looks so smooth. Yeah. As the kind of because the colors were always really bright in that game, but that game came out in like like 2013, maybe it was on PS3. It might have even been 2012, but um, hell, it might have even been before that. I don't remember, but it was on PS3. So to see it running on a PS4 like that, it just looks so much smoother, so much brighter. So yeah. uh, I'm down for like a modern generation Guacamelee game for sure. Yeah, I, I only ever played like a couple hours of the first one. Um, it's super hard, and yeah. I don't typically like really hard games. The bosses especially were brutal, but it is like a Metroidvania style, and I think it was like the style and the humor and kind of the setting of it really grabbed me, and I you know, I loved it. It was one of my favorite games. I think that year, year it, it was out. in Giant Bomb's Deliberations for Best Style. Yeah, probably. I, I, think, Dan, I think I remember Dan Riker talking about it. Yeah, I mean, it, it made my personal top ten that year. Uh, I'm a b- definitely a big fan. Yeah. Um, and then we got some trailers on stuff we already knew about. Although I guess briefly we touch on the new Destiny DLC, Curse of Osiris. They showed a trailer for that. Comes out on December fifth. To me, I mean, it seems like more Destiny two, which shouldn't be unexpected considering I'm sure they were working on this DLC as they were still making Destiny two. A lot of cool-looking armor. I will, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll throw that out. There say, was some like, cool-looking armor. <laughs> what I got from that trailer was, here's some armor you're probably going to want because it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it takes place on Mercury, which is a new setting for Destiny 2. Uh, it was not Destiny 1, but a new setting for Destiny 2. And um, I, I think there are like some multiplayer maps on, on Mercury. But... Uh, a lot of like floating structures and stuff. So like visually, it looks cool. It's just like from a story perspective... I mean, the like mythos and lore of Destiny has always been more interesting in theory than in practice. So I can't say that like learning more about the character of Osiris and him fighting the Vex yeah. and like in the trailer, apparently he's in the Vault of Glass, which was the original Destiny raid. Like I was watching a video about it and the guy's talking. About it, I was just like, I don't really give a shit about fucking any of this. <laughs> but um, it is it is only 20 bucks. So, depending on what happens, I may be curious enough to pick it up, but probably not. But I don't have that much time to think about it because it comes out on December 5th. But, other games that we already knew about. New gameplay trailer for God of War, which was pretty dope. Did you have any feelings about it? Um, I think they need a slider that you can turn down to zero, and it is uh, Kratos' son's chatter. <laughs> it just it just needs to yeah. go away because like yeah. God of War it's he it's talks been, a lot like been brutal like you're you're messing dudes up and the whole time he's like yeah get him dad 
Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I got it a pin a down. Obnoxious. Oh yeah. Like, shut up, yeah. kid. Are you kidding me? I'm with you. Just, I need to. That needs. There needs to be a slider. You can just like, like <laughs> on the on the opposite end of the spectrum. It's like way too much. In the middle, it's like he should probably still shut up. And then down at the bottom, it's like blissful peace. <laughs> yeah, it's like all the the audio sliders. Yeah. There's like SFX, narration, music, kid talking. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like you put that at zero yes. or like one. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. The actual gameplay though, like and it looks good. You know, it's not it's not like any different than gameplay trailers we've seen of the game in the past, but it does. It looks sick. Yeah. It's a lot of that over the top action. I like the kind of the over the shoulder camera yeah, the perspective. It's perspective, very different. Yeah. Yeah, it's very different than previous God of War games, yeah. and I like that. It feels more modern, so uh, that seems like a smart change. And just the, kind of the grit, it definitely seems like it's more of a grounded story with the father and son aspect. More realistic's not the word, but it's more about the characters than it is like these gods and all this other random shit. So I'm excited to see where that goes and if they can pull off the more serious tone. Yeah, me too. Um, how about Detroit Become Human? So they showed a new trailer of that with a, not a new character. We've seen the character before, but like a new setting. So like the, the initial stuff I saw on Detroit where they were like, oh, you do this and it like turns up the bad meter. Like that mm-hmm. stuff was not. I was like, this is pretty stupid. This is dumb. But mm-hmm. then like this new gameplay trailer um, showing how all of that stuff is uh, in practice like practically and showing all the different ways that situations can play out like that's what i really liked about Mm -hmm. um uh his his games before with indigo prophecy and um i never played on the one with ellen page but i um oh what was that beyond two souls i never played that one but i did uh i really enjoyed heavy rain so like that's what i like about those games is like the choice and how it all culminates uh, and and how uh, the kind of the butterfly effect that it can have, um, and it seems like that that's a lot of this, uh, or uh, sorry, this game is a lot of that. Um, so I'm I'm reasonably I'm tempering my expectations, but I'm excited about it. And I know like he probably uh, the game it, it'll deal with a lot of um, heady issues, and it might not do all of those. It might not handle all of those in the best way, yeah. Um, but also, I'm a cis white male, so I can still enjoy that stuff. And like, <laughs> I've had a nice life, so I can still enjoy that stuff. And I can't, like, I'm not gonna sit there and be like, "Oh, this is deeply offensive to me," and you know, this really sure. bugs me because like, I don't have those experiences to draw from and can and hold right. up hold up to that lens you know i'm sure some people are going to be real pissed off about this game but i i'll probably find a way to enjoy it there just doesn't look like there's that much to it to me like from a gameplay perspective and i know that's not really that's not what quantic dream does they do more of the cinematic thing but i was hoping i guess because this game has all these different characters and kind of the hook is rewinding time and like redoing these interactions that at least seemed interesting probably not enough to make me like oh i definitely want to play it but at least to get my interest peaked but after watching this it just seems all like it's just so on the nose like if there's no subtlety to it which 
I would also argue subtlety is not a David Cage strong suit in the first place. So I don't know this. uh, While other trailers have gotten me intrigued, this one kind of had the opposite effect where I was like, ah, this is just more of his shtick where there's a lot of melodrama and you're not really doing anything when you're playing the game. And that's just, I don't know the writing, his writing isn't good enough to carry that for me. Um, I just feel like there are other games that do the minimalist gameplay style with better writing and tone. So, I don't know. I'm pretty apathetic towards this game at the moment. But maybe if they show off, like, actual gameplay. Not like a gameplay trailer, but like an actual gameplay demo. That there's a little more involvement and player agency. Like that's than what they did with Heavy Rain. Press triangle to kill him. Press square to run away. Like, if those are really the options... No, I'm going to pass. Yeah. And also, like, a big part of his games are, like, the tech demo-y feel where it's, you know, yes. impressive visual and, and yes. technical prowess. Um, and so that kind of goes along with what I like in those games is, like, I like looking at stuff and, like, seeing yeah. all the work they put into it. Um, but, yeah, it's so you know, I'll, I'm sure I'll pick it up and play it and find a way to enjoy it um, mm-hmm. where other people may not be able to because of subject matter. So, what did you think of the new Spider-Man trailer? I don't give a shit about that game. I, what? I, I do not care about the Spider-Man game whatsoever. It does not look fun to play. It looks like quick time event the game, which, ironic, after just talking about Detroit Become Human, because um, <laughs> that is the definition of quick time event the game. But, like, this, I don't I don't know what is so different about, like, between those two things. But, I, I okay, maybe the, maybe the difference is... Because I've talked about this before, I like seeing developers try really hard and like see their effort come through. You respect the ambition. Yes, I respect the ambition, if not the final product. Sure. In this, like, it's just it's Spider Man, whatever. Like, I like Spider Man comics. Some of the movies are fun. Spider Man Two was a fine game, but other than that, there, mm-hmm. in my personal opinion, there have been no other good Spider Man games. Edge of Shadow was okay. Shattered Dimensions was pretty good. None of them have been amazing since Spider-Man 2. I just feel like they're but, all yeah. they're beat-em-ups that they don't feel good to play because the way he moves is so... like I don't know how you get the controls right on that because he okay. is supposed to all be... Right. He's fast and he's everywhere. He can be on any surface. He has this huge repertoire of moves. And like there's no really good way to go about mapping those kinds of things. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, the combat that we saw, which this trailer was more of a story trailer, and honestly, this trailer didn't do anything for me whatsoever. It definitely seems like Mr. Negative is the main villain, which, like, I'm okay with that. He's like a D-tier villain, so I kind of like that they're focusing on him. Uh, I thought the music in the trailer was actually pretty terrible, Mm, very generic, but um, the trailer on the whole didn't do anything. It's more just like... I'm still excited for the game. The, The gameplay demo that they showed at E3... I liked the combat definitely seems like style over substance. It It's very influenced by that, like Batman Arkham style combat sure. where like, it's a lot of, yeah, Counters QTEs and, basically. Yeah. yeah. As you're playing, but the kind of visceral speed of it is engaging to me. And granted, I haven't played it. It might not translate, but at least it looks like seeing Harry's excited about it. Yeah. My dog's barking <laughs> up a storm. Um, but yeah, like it's, 
it, it seems engaging enough to me. Uh, I don't. I'm surprised that you really don't care about it because I yeah. know, like, you like Spider Man as a character. I do. I think I would just rather read about him. That's fair. And I, part of it for me is like I have faith in Insomniac. I know not everything they've done has been stellar, but I think that they get the they they understand movement in their games. I think that Ratchet and Clank was always good at it. Um, by all accounts, their most recent Xbox exclusive. What the hell was that game called? Oh, um, Sunset Overdrive Overdrive. got that movement right. So I think that that can translate to Spider-Man, but obviously we'll see. Um, Last one, touch on quickly before the big one. Shadow of the Colossus trailer. They, the trailer was like, just like the beginning of the game. It it was, seemed totally pointless. Like it looks beautiful. The graphical improvements they made. Yeah, like it looks good, but the trailer seemed completely pointless. It's just the boy riding on Epona or uh, Aro. is it Epona? Uh, sure, uh, yes, Epona's Zelda. Yeah. Yes, yes, riding his Aro. horse up. Yeah. So I, I, the trailer didn't do anything for me, but the game, the graphical upgrade definitely looks pretty. And I didn't think I would want to play this when it comes out, but I do now. And not because of the trailer, but just, like, the reminder of it. Like, I loved Shadow of the Colossus. And I tried to play it when they did the remake on PS3. And the controls were just as bad as they were from the original. So, if reviews come out and they update the camera and the controls and that feels better to play, I'm totally going to play through this again. Yeah, because visually, I don't care. Like, the PlayStation 2 version is still beautiful. Like, it's still a good-looking game and you can get what you need out of it. But, yeah, if it controls better, then I might right. consider picking this up. Yeah, I agree with you. Right. Um, actually, there was one other little piece that I forgot about. There was a little brief teaser for Horizon Frozen Wilds, yeah. which that actually comes out on December 7th. So it'll be out close to when you're listening to this, probably. I already purchased it. As I told the story before, I purchased it, like, six months ago when it was announced because I didn't realize it was coming well, out December so 7th, far right? away. No, I think or it's November, November 7th. 7th. You said December. Yeah, I think... Oh, no, yeah, I think it's, I think it's November. Oh. I think it comes out on Tuesday of this oh, week. Oh, okay. I believe. That's what I wrote down. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. And it doesn't look like it's adding a ton of new stuff. Like, there is a new enemy, and obviously it's in a frozen area, and I'm sure there will be some new characters and stuff. It doesn't look like it's adding a ton of new things to it, but it's a new, a new reason to go back and play some more Horizon Zero Dawn, which... Like, I'm fine with that. I, I fucking loved that game. And then totally, like, when I finished it, I was totally done because I did all of the side stuff I wanted to do. But I knew that Frozen Wilds would be a perfect time for me to come back. And it is. I'm excited to come back to it. So excited for that. But obviously the big one, which has been all over the internet, people coming down on either side of the fence about this trailer, was Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. So obviously a very intense trailer. Very it's not even really a trailer. It was more just like seems like it's a, a cut scene, scene from the, from game, the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah cutscene. It's not not interactive in any way. At least in the trailer, it wasn't interactive. A lot of theorizing about this, but the th- thing that I wanted to talk about first, a lot of people came down and like hated this trailer. Like thought it was too gruesome, like violent. It was like overly violent, and my thing was like. Did, did you guys play the first right. game? Like, and that's also in a world point. where Game of Thrones is one of the most popular television franchises yeah. of all time, fuck yeah. off. <laughs> seemed it seemed like a weird complaint yes. for sure. Yeah. 
People just it's just but people like, wanting to find something people to be want upset to complain. about this week. Yep, I agree. So, I mean, I'm I don't know. It's hard to say because I have always been of the mind that when they announced Last of Us Part Two, I was like, obviously I'm going to play it. I'm sure it's going to be amazing, but I wish it didn't exist. Like The Last of Us was such a perfectly self-contained story with like one of the best endings of any piece of entertainment medium I have ever seen. Yes. Video games, movies, comics, TV shows. Like, it is one of the best endings I have seen in my entire life. I loved it. And I don't, I didn't want them to like undermine it with another game. I also understand the realities of game development. They created this whole new game in this world, these systems. They're not going to do it just for one game, however many copies it stole, it sold. So I get that they were going to make a Last of Us 2. What they've shown of it so far has me interested because it, seems to be taking place so far in the future from the first that it doesn't it's not a direct continuation which is not that's what i didn't want right. was like for the game to pick up a week after the first one ended that kind of story yeah. so that i'm okay with i'm t- i've come to terms with it but here's what's interesting man so that original that original last of us part 2 trailer with ellie playing the guitar and then presumably joel walks in the doorway and like says something to her there was all the theorizing afterwards my theory which remains is that in the game at least most of the game joel is dead and ellie is talking to him in her mind yes. like she's seeing him but he is not real. i share that theory and when she's talking about i'm gonna kill them all getting revenge it's the people that killed, killed him. him yes that was my operating theory for the last of us part two then they release this trailer which introduces new characters or so we think i'll get to that in a minute but it looks like new characters there's like a villain female and this unnamed adult female that gets strapped up. Everybody should watch the trailer if you haven't, but I'm sure you have. She gets strapped up to be hanged. And then there's this villainous woman who's very religious seeming speaking to her and kind of quoting things. Then they bring in this other younger Asian girl, brutalize her, like break her arm on the ground. It was really hard to watch. And she's talking about like, Hey, where's the other um, apostate, which basically is like someone that rejects our religion and then the guys that are holding the Asian chick down get shot through the head with an arrow. The Asian chick helps kill this other dude, kills the main chick. And then another younger Asian girl comes out, presumably like this other Asian woman's sister. I think it was a boy. Because gonna... I also thought it was a boy, but I was looking online and everybody refers to her as a she. I don't know. The, the tone of the voice sounded masculine. I thought like that too, boy. but everyone's saying that it was a she, so I just thought it was maybe a she. Maybe. This... Potentially bi-gendered younger Asian person sure. comes out, boy or girl, who knows? And then uh, they set this older woman free, and then they're attacked by clickers, and that's where the trailer ends. Right, and they call them demons. Yes, they call them demons. Yes, which that so, makes me feel that it is mm-hmm. early days infection. Mm-hmm. If they're referring to them as demons, also it could just be that. You know, they're maybe in Asia or some area that's, like, less developed. Um, I don't Mm -hmm. know, because that's what the architecture around them looked like. So, this is not my theory, but apparently people did digging, and it looks like this takes place, at least this scene takes place in Seattle. 
oh. because of the types of trees that are around. Oh. And they they actually recognize the actual highway that they're oh. under. And there's one quick shot, which you can't really see, where the two men are dragging this woman to string her up. And you can see a highway like directional sign that apparently says like Columbia Way, oh. which is a real street in Seattle. Okay. And they found the picture of that. So that's the, the theory, which seems very founded, that this is in Seattle. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, for me, like the trees stood out. The, the, the trees felt Pacific Northwest, okay. but I've never been. I guess there, I didn't so I pay that much attention. But some very interesting theories about this. So you said like this seems like it's in the early days of infection. So the the working theory right now is that this woman is Ellie's mom, right. which would make this a prequel. Yes, or at least this segment a prequel. And another kind of supporting evidence is Naughty Dog tweeted out a picture of this character and said, Hey, proud to say Laura Bailey is playing blank. And they had the name blocked out and there were four blocked out letters. We already know from the first game that Ellie's mom's name is Anna. Right. A N N A four letters. That would make sense. The woman also looks very much like Ellie. She has the red hair. She's also ripped ripped as (laughs) shit. (laughs) There's a shot of her when they when the clickers are coming to attack and she's got her arms at her sides. Which also just showcases the amazing graphical prowess of Naughty Dog. But her like triceps, the way that it kind of like folds over her back when her arms at her side, one looks so realistic, and two, like she is jacked. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of the working theory. Which would mean that this game is a combo prequel and sequel with parts of it being a prequel where potentially you're playing as Ellie's mom. Parts of it when you're playing as Ellie who's older, which is very interesting. Like that sounds cool. Yeah, I agree. The, The only other thing I'll throw out is this. This is based on nothing. This is just something that could be that when I first saw this character before she spoke, this is what I thought it was. That character is Ellie. And so the game is a sequel, but it takes place over multiple years. So we got that earlier scene where she's playing the guitar, where she's like late teens. And then this, where like she's an an older woman playing. So obviously there's more evidence to support the prequel slash sequel story. But that was just my gut reaction. So I wanted to throw it out there. I just think she looks too different than Ellie. Like than To be grown up. Yeah, what I feel Ellie at that age would look like. I think she just looks too different because the Ellie we see in the first trailer definitely looks like she's in her twenties and that Ellie, you think so? I think so. I guess that's possible. She looked like maybe 18 to me. I see. I was thinking like 20 to 22. Um, Okay. And that version of Ellie looks different enough from this woman who could be mid to late thirties, maybe even forties, right? Early forties. Yeah, that's fair. They just look so different that I don't, I, I can't reconcile it, it, the two as the same person. It also does make sense because you're right. They do look a little different, but they look similar. Yeah, they look like they could be that the it same would be family, her mom, aka yeah, mom daughter. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that trailer I thought was really brutal. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna play this game anyway, but this definitely helps kind of pump up that hype. My big disappointment with all of these trailers, which I'm not surprised by it, but like, there are no more games coming out this year. Like, there was no I surprise know. announcement that, like, God of War is coming out in December. It's not like I was expecting that, but maybe a little bit of me was hoping for it. Um, but it should make 2018 a very strong year, yes. assuming 
Spider-Man and God of War actually come out in 2018. Who knows if Last of Us will. I tend to think that game's probably coming out spring 2019, but um, we'll see. Naughty Dog does like to delay stuff. Yeah. Real quick, because we're running long, wanted to touch on some other kind of quick hit news things that came out. Episode 5 of Telltale's Guardians of the Galaxy comes out November 7th this Tuesday. I didn't even know episode 3 and 4 had come out, so (laughs) I need to go back and finish episode 2 because I do... I paid for this, so I want to see it through. So I will at least try to play that and beat through that whole series we'll this ep- year. Yeah, will episode five be the last episode, you think? I would imagine so. Okay. That's typically how how they structure yeah. it. But, it, I mean, I could be wrong. It could be six. I would think it would only be five, though. They want to finish it before the end of the year. Right. Um, for anybody looking to get into the Nintendo handheld game, they're doing a Black Friday bundle for the 2DS, so no 3D. But it is uh, Zelda version. So it's like a cool green color. And it comes with Ocarina of Time 3D installed. And it is only $80, which is a really good deal. Yeah. So if you're looking to get a system for that that you can play all the 3DS games on, minus the 3D, I would recommend that. Yeah. Um, PUBG is coming out on Xbox One X, or I should say Xbox One, on December 12th. And then the Xbox One X updates will come out after that. That's just kind of a PSA. Um, I'm not sure if this will be considered 1.0, if this were, will still be considered early access. For the sake of Giant Bomb's Game of the Year, I'm going to hope it's 1.0, because it's going to win Game of the Year if it does officially release. <laughs> uh, so we'll see. And then um, Housemark has come out, and this is Housemark makers of Rezogun and kind of uh, the dual-stick, top-down arcade shooter. They're like the last stander of that from like a larger publisher perspective. They aren't making any more arcade shooters, or at least their next game won't be an arcade shooter. So I know that really bums out a lot of people that like that genre. I liked Rezogun. I am not. I wouldn't consider myself like a fan of that genre. Some of the games are fine. Yeah. Some of them I couldn't care about. But um, I'm honestly excited by this news. They're very, very good at what they do. I don't know if that will translate to another genre, but um, I'm willing to give it a shot. And I and, and I always like it when developers that are talented push themselves in new directions. Yeah. So curious to see and excited to see kind of what they come up with for their next game. Finally, and I bring this up because it is directly correlated to our hate of the week last week. How's that a fucking segue? Uh-huh. Um, EA is changing the way their loot boxes are going to work for Star Wars Battlefront 2. So they had a beta. They got a lot of feedback from the beta. And because of that negative feedback, they're changing their loot boxes. So the big complaint was that there was a lot of grinding involved to get like the crates, which kind of unlock the cards and stuff. And it seemed tuned in a way to force you to spend real life money because it took too long to grind them out. The issue was inside those crates were the only way that you'd get like the epic tier stuff, like the late game highest level stuff, which kind of made it feel like pay to win. It wasn't purely cosmetic. It was actual gameplay things that you could only get through crates and to get crates, you had to spend real money or play an exorbitant amount of time in the game. And that seems pretty shitty for the end consumer. So EA has gone back. Uh, You can get those like high level gear 
just through playing the game. They've changed the ways in which you can get it. Um, the high-level star cards, which are like the consumables that you use, you can only get those at higher levels to help encourage people to play more. The weapons and the gear and the class items, you unlock as you progress leveling up the classes, which is a traditional like Call of Duty way of doing yeah. it. And um, they're obviously keeping the crates, but it will almost exclusively just be cosmetic stuff, which is definitely a good change. If people want to spend real money on that, by all means, they can. But you, like, there's not the feeling that you have to spend real money in order to succeed, which definitely seems like a good change. In this update, they also reiterated that all of the post-launch content will be free. Right, so no season pass, right? Yes. this That piece to me is the most interesting because the crates and having people spend money on crates seemed like that's how they were able to make the map packs free right. is because they'd be getting money through these crates and microtransactions essentially. Maybe they just still I'm anticipate sure they will. people spending a lot of money on those. Yeah. And, and I'm sure they will. People that are really hardcore into the game, I'm sure there will be cool skins and stuff like that. I mean, star Wars, everybody loves star Wars. Um, but I can't imagine they're going to sell as many without people feeling like they need to pay that stuff in order to succeed. So, but also we'll they have to earn changes. some goodwill back from their community in the first game. Totally agree. So like, totally this agree. is, this is the smart move is to take a little bit. And it's honestly like, I'm sure they have people on board that say this is probably like minimal sales loss. Right. Right. With, uh, you yeah. Know, a, a, a I'm sure they have some kind of, of graph. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure they have some kind of graph that says, Right. If we lose this amount of money, it will it will earn us this amount of community respect back or yes. like and keep players engaged. Yeah. All yeah. that stuff. So um, I guess my only other point on that, which I'm curious to see how it plays out, is how they devote their resources for DLC. Like, do they still execute on their original plan for map packs and stuff since that will all be free? Or do they divert some additional resources to making additional cosmetic options, which they release, quote-unquote, for free, but you can only get those through the crates, which you can only get through paying money or playing extra long, right. and see if they try to earn back a little bit more of that revenue with more things that you can spend real money on. Yeah. Just from a business case. Not that will ever know one way or the other what decisions were made behind the scenes. I'll be interesting, interested to see what these DLC releases look like in terms of how many maps, how many weapons versus how many new cosmetic things that you can buy. Curious. Yeah. So on that topic, since it was the hate of the week last week, let's go ahead and dive into hate of the week for this week. Hate of the week. So kind of changing gears here a little bit. Because we're gonna get real. Yeah. Don't wanna spend a ton of time on this because it's 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 a hot button issue, I would say, in my best newscaster voice. Um, but some definitely something we both feel very passionate about. So, kind of on a broad scope, I think it can be boiled down to this modern method of thinking where someone is guilty until proven innocent. And this I don't mean this like literally in court. But this court of public opinion, I guess, is the good way of putting right. it. Whenever something comes out that someone said or did something and it isn't based in fact, but just in an accusation, the immediate reaction is that person did it. There's never a questioning of the accuser. It's always the accusee that is assumed to be guilty. I think this is very unhealthy. I agree. And like bad for humans how 
how yes how human beings look at other human beings i feel like that is a very negative trend um and we'll bring up the specific argument that you referenced kyle but i do what because on our little notes sheet kyle it was very funny because i hadn't chosen the hate of the week for this week yet and so when i went in the other day to kind of look at kind of our outline Kyle had already submitted one and it was this like the, and this was already going to be the one that I wanted to do and it was actually they were both both of our ideas were sparked by the same event uh, which we'll get into just a little bit and in a little bit but I wanted to say so here's what Kyle has read about this people keep touting their opinions based on emotions as fact and the court of public opinion has everything all fucked up its own ass the world will burn, and that's a good thing. <laughs> that, that's what I wrote <laughs> in, our, in our Google Doc. <laughs> Which, like, I read that, and I was like, damn. I thought I was the negative one. I'm glad we're ending the episodes on, like, stuff we don't yeah. hate, because, geez. Oh, I was so mad dark. when I wrote that. Oh, my God. I yeah. was pissed. So, and since you wrote this, and I thought of it, too, more news has come out on this specific topic. But just to say, like, the impetus for this was all the shit that's come out recently about Kevin Spacey yes. and the sexual harassment allegations. So, I will say, at the time, and this, it's not like this is, like, a new thing. There have been sexual harassment allegations and from, like, high-powered Hollywood people all the time. Mm. I totally believe that most of them, ha- them happen. The bigger thing was, like, it's just assumed that the person is guilty. When any one person raises their hand and says, this happened to me, without any verification from any other sources, everyone's like, fuck the person that did right. that. They like that person is guilty. There's never any questioning of if the person accusing is telling the truth. Yeah, and and based upon allegations alone, people's entire careers have been ruined and ended. Yeah. So, but I do want to clarify, especially particularly with Kevin Spacey, since that original story came out, since Kyle and I both heard about this and wanted to talk about it, way more people have come forward about this. Right. And like I, I am not sitting here and saying that. I automatically assume someone accusing someone of someone else, something is lying. Like I'm not saying that all I'm saying is the whole point is that they are innocent until proven guilty. One person accusing someone else of something doesn't mean that it 100% happened. That's all I'm trying to say. This isn't specific to sexual harassment allegations because that is a very slippery slope and a very difficult thing. But my perspective is let, let me let me explain it this way. So, I was in a conversation with somebody. This was a while ago, and we were talking about rape allegations and how scary that is that so many more people in the past decade have come forward with rape allegations than before then. And there are so many different causes that you can come to there could be you know more men nowadays that are doing that kind of thing there could be more empowerment on the female victims to feel comfortable coming forward with that or if you want to look at it that way there could be more women that are lying about it to get something they want or to get attention or whatever else Again, I want to reiterate, I am not saying that every woman that has come forward about this is a liar. I am not saying that at all. Please don't write me an email about that. That's not the point of this. All I'm saying is the assumption, when someone comes forward with something like that, they assume that the person is telling the truth. And therefore are assuming that the other person is guilty. I just don't think that we can just like 
one person's accusation with no factual backup, you can't just believe that 100% of the time. Right. If there are multiple people coming forward, like in the case of Bill Cosby, I don't think anyone could claim that Bill Cosby didn't harass at least some or most of those women. Right. I can't say that he did it to all of them because it's all just first-hand accounts. Like, it is totally... If you are willing to believe that there are so many men out there that are that fucked up, that would do something that terrible, you have to also be willing to believe that there are women out there that are so fucked up and looking for attention that they would lie about something like this. I don't think you can have one without the other, unfortunately. So this original conversation I was having with someone, their argument was, if a woman accuses a man of rape, then it happened. You're not allowed to question that woman. She shouldn't have to testify in court. Her accusation alone should be enough. And I was like, are you for real? Like, seriously for real? You're just supposed to take anyone's word for anything? And their thing was like, to make someone relive something like that is... A- abuse in and of itself to like question a woman who would claim this and make her prove it that's just as abusive as the original abuse and i was like first of all no second of all is it not like terrible for someone that witnessed a murder or someone like that was attacked and tri- like someone tried to kill them for that person to go testify in court like you can't have both ways just like <sighs> This is so tough to talk about because I'm a guy and so like it's just – it's difficult. But like you can't have it both ways. You can't say a woman who claims she was raped, you're just supposed to believe her 100% of the time all the time. But someone that comes out and says this person tried to kill me, they have – that person needs to prove it. They need to prove that this person tried to kill someone else. Their word is not enough on its own. You can't have it both ways. I'm sorry. You just can't. Otherwise, we're fucking back to the Salem witch trials where it's all just accusations as He said, she said, burn them at the stake. Yes. And and so my conversation um, with this person was, you know, they posted the article or an article from a source thing was NPR. Um, mm-hmm. And I read the article and I commented. I said, you know, I really don't know how to feel about this. Like, on the one hand, if he did it, like, that's terrible and I feel awful. Yes. But he might not have. And also, this article is super biased. Like, I can't trust what this article says. And the person commented back, like, well, there's no bias. Like, they're just saying what factually happened. And so I listed two examples of bias in the article. One of them was that because Kevin Spacey released a statement, right? One mm-hmm. half of it was dedicated to the allegations and the second half was dedicated to uh releasing his sexual identity that he's been in the closet yeah. for a while he's a homosexual and in the article they said and Kevin Spacey dedicated this second and then in parentheses and longer half of his statement towards this blah 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 they're actually it's they're both eight and a half lines so they're the same exact mm. length so the author of the article only put that mm-hmm. and longer to add mm-hmm. emphasis and like put a dig at the coming out yeah. statement. That's e- even if it was clearly longer, like the implication, like that is clear editorializing. Correct. Yes. And that's not reporting. So that, which is a whole other so topic. That was my first example. Second example mm-hmm. was at the end of the article, it had a bunch of examples of Spacey's peers um, admonishing him. 
right? Like saying mm-hmm. stuff about him like negatively. Like, I can't believe you mm-hmm. did this. I can't believe I worked with this guy. It's awful. It's terrible. How dare he? No examples of support from his peers. So the article ends with only uh, examples of his peers saying bad stuff. No one standing behind him. Now, if right. there are no examples of anyone standing behind him, they should say that. They did not. Sure. So I said, like, that's another clear sign of bias. Like, they're only giving one side of this argument. And so that, A, problem number one, people don't know how to identify bias, which is Mm -hmm. a huge problem. And then, two, this other guy comes in to the conversation, as they do, um, and he pops in. He's like, I really hope you're not, like, I really hope I'm misreading you. And you're not doubting the wit or, or doubting the testimony right. of whatever I said. Victim shaming. Yeah. So I said exactly what you've been talking about. I said, look, I'm not qualified to have an informed opinion because there's no facts, there's no evidence, there's nothing. I can't say Kevin Spacey did or did not do it. I can't say the victim is or is not lying. And then it just became this witch hunt about me personally. And yeah. like you're part of the problem. This is the problem yeah. with rape culture. Like you're contributing to blah blah blah. I was like, look, I came in here very respectfully and logically, laid out my argument, and then fucking this. So I one other time in a, a totally separate argument, some I was making a point, and some stupid bitch was like, "Thanks for mansplaining it for me." And so I was like, "Yeah, I'm a man, and I explained it. So there, you're fucking welcome." And I blocked her. <laughs> Like, 30 seconds after, so she had time to see it. Um, and so this guy comes in, he says, well, thanks for that logical, objective white man, and then did the registered trademark symbol after it. And I was like, you know what? A, you and I have worked on the same stage before, so I would expect more respect from you in yeah. the future. And, like, mm-hmm. thank you for that reductive and... Mm-hmm. Uh, disrespectful comment to me when I didn't say anything about either of you because mm-hmm. currently it's two on one because no one else wants to be the voice of, of objectivity and logic apparently mm-hmm. everyone just wants to tout emotional responses and I was like you know so your response to me tells me all I need to know about how much stock I should put in what you have to say like yeah. hopefully we can have intelligent and enlightened conversations in the future but I'm putting an end to this one because I don't deserve that kind of treatment. We're just discussing this. And it was it was super – it really bothered me because that is him not bothering to finish the conversation. He's just saying yep. it's over and yes. here's my last word in. and Dismissing you, resorting to name-calling. Exactly. These are all the tactics of an immature, insecure person. Exactly. And it really bothered me because I respect him as an artist and like what okay. like his his talent because he's an actor and a musician uh-huh. um, that I knew from college and I, I had seen what he can do and has the abilities to and I've had positive interactions with him before and so that really bummed me out more um, because of that and then of mm-hmm. course you know I say that it's over no one's responding for like a full day and then this dumb stupid bitch that I went to college with who like. Used to do heroin. I don't know if she still does. Can't speak to that, but she used to, and she's just the most obnoxious person. I say the heroin thing because that should tell you all you need to know about why I don't associate with her. Um, she comes in and goes, um, actually, that wasn't disrespectful because that's how you're being in the comment thread. And I read that, and I was like, why am I fucking Facebook friends with her? And so I blocked her. Um <laughs> 
Because like she's, I mean, so, she's not okay. contributing anything to society. So I felt okay blocking her, but I don't want to block this other guy because like I respect what he has to say. We may differ on our opinions, but hopefully we can have conversations in the future. It's just these kinds of conversations. Like if you're listening to this, don't fucking be that person. Like do Ugh. not a do not name call. Always give people the benefit of the doubt, like especially online. I will. I will throw out. I will throw. I'm on your side. I will throw out. You have now have referred to this woman and another woman both as a bitch because they and you just said don't name here's call. Evidence of them being a bitch. Here is factual evidence right. of them doing that. Okay, fuck them. <laughs> yes, fuck them. <laughs> my only my only point in bringing that up is, and it's not fair, but I think you are capable of rising above that. And not resorting to that level. I'm not excusing that behavior or what they say. But I think that you are bright enough and mature enough to find a different way of expressing that. And I know you didn't say that to them. No. And and obviously you're heated now and you're emotional talking about it now. I get it. That's, that is that is all I would say about that. Because I think, I don't know. As always, it's really hard for two white guys to be talking about this shit. Sure. Which, like, and I say that because, I say that for multiple reasons. It's hard for two white guys to talk about this because the assumption from people that want to be oversensitive is that we are mansplaining, blah, 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 and that is how they dismiss something they don't want. Right. They don't want to listen to us because we're on a different side, and so that's how they dismiss us and invalidate us, is by saying, because we're men... We don't whatever. Which guess what? But that's actually sexism, because yes, that's a one hundred percent is sexism. Street, people, let let me throw this out there though. They are right in the capacity that we don't have that experience, and we talked about this before and just yes. a couple episodes ago. Like I referenced some stuff that my wife's had to deal with from men, and we were talking about this the other night. Actually, we we initially were talking about Kevin Spacey, and like then transitioned to like overly aggressive men in general. And like, obviously I have never had to deal. Well, that's not fair. I have had to deal with overly aggressive women coming on to me, but it's never like, it's not scary. Like I'm not afraid of an overly aggressive flirty woman, even if she's gross, but as a woman, I totally, I don't understand, but like, I do understand if that makes sense. Like that's scary. Like a guy, someone that is bigger and stronger than you coming on to you and being physical with you. Like, what are you supposed to do in that situation? Sure. Like, that is scary. Yeah, so I, all of that to say, like, we do not have the context or the experience to understand the scope of what it is we're talking about. And, like, this whole notion of victim shaming and, like, why would you – like, why would a woman ever made make up the fact that she was raped? Like, that's such a traumatic thing. Why would you need to make her explain it and prove it, blah, blah, blah? From an emotional perspective, I totally understand that perspective. The issue is judgment is not about emotion. Right. It is about law and fact and real yeah, shit. Yeah, logic. That's, that's the core hate of the week that I'm trying to talk about. I don't want to like go in on a whole other angle of talking about all this other stuff because of a lot of different reasons. <laughs> but the core of the argument is about this court of public opinion and this assumption of guilt. And this goes this like is so much bigger than the recent sexual allegations against 
you know, power people in the entertainment industry, which predominantly are male. So it makes sense that this is a big deal because you don't as often hear about women that are, you know, being predatory towards, um, like lower, uh, what's the word? Um, Subordinate. Like someone that's below yeah. someone else. Yeah, subordinate men, whatever. But I wanted to bring up one other example of this that's a completely different thing. So hopefully we can, for people that are like, hopefully they haven't already turned it off. But anybody that is like, these are two fucking white guys, what the fuck do they know about any of this shit? Here's another example of something that is different than the sexual harassment allegations. So please just hear me out on this one. <laughs> so I've mentioned this before because I play in fantasy football. There is an ongoing court case against Ezekiel Elliott, who is the running back of the Dallas Cowboys. He was a rookie last year, had a phenomenal year, led the league in rushing yards, an amazingly talented player. In the offseason, a big story comes out about an ex of his from college. He went to Ohio State University. She came out and is accusing him of physical abuse. Not like he tried to kill her or anything, but just that like he got handsy with her a couple of times. This is several years after the fact that she's coming out. So you can look at that from two perspectives. One is, I don't know, she was afraid before and now she's finally come to terms with this, so she's talking about it. The other, more cynical perspective is she waited until he was a famous NFL player making millions of dollars a year and then she decided to come after him to try to get a settlement out of court and get some money from the guy. As a cynical person and as someone that assumes innocence until proven guilt... That's like what I imagined maybe happened, but I was like, let's see what happens. Like if he did this, fuck that guy, yeah. obviously. So the NFL hires a special investigator and then also the uh, district attorney in Ohio is going about the case. The DA comes back and said, there's conflicting evidence from the accuser, this woman, she gave different accounts of what happened and it, I don't want to paraphrase this, what the guy's saying, but basically he was like, I don't trust her. I don't trust her testimony. I think she's lying and therefore dropped the charges against Zeke. Meaning he didn't even go to trial. It's not that he went to trial and was proven innocent. There wasn't even enough to bring him to trial. So the NFL has their special investigator. She goes about her business. She concludes the same thing. She's like, I don't trust what this lady is saying. I don't believe her. I don't think anything happened. There's nothing to suggest that this happened other than her just claiming it. There's no evidence, nothing. Roger Goodell, dictator of the NFL, he's the commissioner of the NFL. He's one of the worst human beings that's hyperbolic. There are plenty of other human beings worse, but he's a bad person. (laughs) (laughs) He's gotten in trouble in the past. There was another famous case of spousal abuse or I guess like abuse of a football player against his... uh, partner female partner and roger goodell there was i mean maybe you've even seen or people listening have seen it there's a famous elevator video of this dude like hitting his woman like putting her on the ground that's an nfl player and so that video came out and there was all this big news apparently goodell saw that video and had it days or even weeks before it was leaked out and he didn't do anything about it. Uh, okay. Once it was leaked, then he suspended the guy for like three games. Like that's it was like three game suspension from this. So makes sense. He's trying to overcorrect. So even though the district attorney dropped the charges against Zeke, even though the investigator he hired to look into the case said there's nothing, no wrongdoing, he suspends Zeke for six games. Wow. 
no court case, no trial, no evidence, nothing, and he suspends this running back for six games. And so this whole season, Zeke's lawyers and the NFL Players Association, the union that Zeke's a part of, has been like fighting for him, and he still maintains his innocence. And everybody's like, dude, come on, just be a man. Take the suspension. Just fucking do it. Don't like stretch this out. And he's like, this isn't about me not wanting to be suspended or losing six games worth of pay. I didn't do this. If I just say, or like, and they're like, why don't you negotiate to like, go and tell them you'll do three games. Maybe they'll give you three games instead. Because then that's that's not what this is. It's okay. Yes. Like, if, if I agree to this, even if they suspend me for one game or uh, whatever because I'm complicit, that's me admitting that I beat my ex-girlfriend. I didn't do that. <laughs> Why would I – like it doesn't matter if I – even if they don't give a shit and they suspend me for the six games, I will go with my innocence. And I also want to clarify, maybe he fucking did this. There's no evidence to show one way or the other. It's totally possible that he did, and if he did, fuck him. And I hope he gets some kind of help and learns from that. And, you know, I feel terrible for the woman that had to go through that. But where we are now, the evidence presented, the facts presented says he is innocent of this. And yet the NFL commissioner is suspending him for six games anyway. Everyone online is just assuming that he's guilty, that he did it. He should just, quote unquote, be a man and accept his punishment, which is sexism, by the way. Like... That and so totally different from these sexual harassment allegations. Like this is this is a case where like there is literal, there's a literal trial still to come for this, where he is now suing the NFL for like this wrongdoing, blah blah blah. Because there's a whole. I mean, I could I could have a whole podcast talking about this because. To be honest with you, I have him on my fantasy football team, and I've been following this case very closely, (laughs) so I have like a lot of the knowledge that's been coming out. But anyway, moral of the story: maybe don't just assume someone did something terrible until you know that they did something terrible. Yeah, and like also it like it's human nature to find patterns in chaos yeah. and like we always feel like we need to know the answers, which is why we prefer movies that have a nice neat end. We prefer books that don't yeah. end on a cliffhanger. That's why we're always left wanting more when there's a cliffhanger. We need complete sets. We need a story. We need an end. It's okay to say, I don't know. I can't have an opinion. It's fucking okay to say that. Yep. You don't have to fucking pick a side. Like, sometimes the middle ground is the best option because you should not be picking a side. Right? And this goes back to Hate of the Week from a couple episodes ago of, like... The anonymity of the internet and everyone's got to have their hot take. Like when any, whenever anything happens, I got to tweet my opinion about it because I'm important. I matter. Give me validation. Even if you don't know dick about what's happening, even if you don't actually have anything important to say about the situation, you just have to blast out your bullshit into the ether in the hopes that you can get your two likes. Ugh. So frustrating. But as resolution to that, Certainly seems like Kevin Spacey did at least some of that shit. So fuck that guy. I hope he gets some kind of treatment. He learns from it. And I hope that the people that were victimized get some sort of solace in coming out about it. That punishment happens. That they're able to move forward. I hope that that situation resolves itself in a positive way. It's incredibly fucked up. I cannot fathom being predatory towards women or in his case towards younger men. Like... I cannot understand 
what happens in someone's brain to make them do those kinds of things. And I will never be able to understand that. It's so messed up. But let's end this episode on a note of positivity. I got some good feedback to our, like, love thing last episode. Okay. A friend of mine messaged me on Facebook and was like, I really like that. It was a nice, like, little note. <laughs> However, listening to it back for me, like, the love, like, maybe it was a little cheesy. So, in order to stay on brand, we're going to make it Today I Don't Hate. Okay. So, we start off with Today I Hate, and we're going to end it with Today I Don't Hate. So, after all that bullshit, Today I Don't Hate Rainy Sundays. Is it raining where you are right now? It okay. is just like a nice little drizzle. I think it is. It's amazing. I think it is here too. Um, and my name's Kyle. And today I don't hate that you can block people on Facebook and then hopefully never run into them again in real life. It's the best. Also, I would like to apologize to those two unnamed women that I called bitches in this episode. Thank you. I know you. I were still heated. think you are that, but. I'm allowed to have my opinion. I do not need to vocalize it in this kind of a setting and in this kind of a forum. And I recognize that. I do apologize for vocalizing that opinion. So the only reason I like called you on that, because like I totally agree with everything you were saying. Not those, that's so specific But it was hypocritical. Words, but like the point, the, yes, the point that you were making, I agreed with. It did feel hypocritical to me. And especially as we admit to white guys talking about this, Calling women a bitch, uh, calling a woman a bitch is borderline at best, if I'm being honest with you, like in the context or out of the context. I just don't want, like, as your older brother, I just didn't, I don't want people to be able to dismiss what you're trying to say because of what you said. That, that, that was it. That was the only point that I was trying to I make. got it. But yeah, I so, do want to apologize for vocalizing that negative opinion in that way and using that word. Good there for you. Is. I'm proud of you, and not in a che- like lamey, che- a lamey cheem. <laughs> I can't <laughs> say a cheesy, a cheesy lame way. I legit am proud of you for like acknowledging that, listening, moving forward. I think having like this out on the internet is a very healthy thing to do. So that's good. So what you're saying you. is, I should mess up more often and then backpedal on it. So you tell me you're proud of me more. No. Because that's what I got from no. it. No. I mean, if you want to... No. <laughs> no, let's not. Let's not do that. Because <laughs> I got a whole thing on race I can do real quick. No. no please, no, God, no. Don't even no, joke. Don't please, even no. joke. <laughs> oh, just take that. Uh, take that that's out. a whole other freaking topic. Because this Zeke case, like, obviously, he's a black uh, guy. Sure. And, like, there's the whole other implications sure. about that. Ugh. It's yeah, it's terrible. a mess. Terrible, that's terrible, terrible place. situation. It is a terrible time to not be a white guy. Let me just say that. And it always, yeah, it, it always, always has been, been a terrible time. That's the big thing. It's always been a terrible, terrible. time to not it's be like white. It's like that Louis C.K. bit where he talks about, like, someday we're going to get ours. Like, at, us white guys. Someday it is going to suck. But right now, no. <laughs> right now. <laughs> what's, what's the thing he says? He's like, I'm not saying that white people are better but it is i'm saying be- that being yeah, white is, is clearly is clearly <laughs> yes i love louis yeah, he's funny says whatever the hell he wants and he doesn't apologize uh yeah that's gonna do it for today maybe we didn't end it like on super positive because we dove back into that a little bit but hey it's raining outside i'm gonna log off i'm gonna go watch some football i'm gonna come home and I'm gonna play some video games it's gonna be a good Sunday. Nice. Um, I, I, also, I also want to say I started the day 
by playing all online Call of Duty. There you and go. I, I just that will make anyone. And I pissed. just finished a monster, so like my heart rate was like double my resting heart rate <laughs> during like this whole thing. So yeah, I'm just gonna try and backpedal as hard as I can. No, it's good. It's good. We're, we're, we've moved past. We've moved past. Great. It doesn't invalidate the point you were trying to make. You addressed it. We're good. We're all, all good. Right. See you in the moment. It's fine. Just like the song. But that's going to do it for this week, everybody. Thank you all for listening. Kyle, of course, thank you for joining me as always. Oh, yeah. This was a bit of a long episode. It was good, yeah. though. Got a, talked about a lot of good shit. Um, so we'll be back. And as I said earlier on, I'm back on the horse with my reviews and blog posts. I slacked off last month because I was really worried about the job situation. But... I'm hopping back on the horse. I'm a writing machine. So check out my review, Thor Ragnarok, Stranger Things 2. Got some quickie reviews. I have a um, list of the top 10 episodes of Parkins and Recreation going up this week, which should be fun. So check out ShayIt'sEverything.com for video games, movies, comics, and other shit that matters. We will see you guys in the next episode. Peace out. Peace out.